0: back
1: to drop some fantasy goo goo for you and give you the knowledge you're looking for for week seven, and we're shooting for heaven. We're going to give you the right fantasy goo so that you guys can start the right lineups, whether it's in your leagues or DFS, to dominate, crush, outright, spank the hell out of your opponents. And uh, as usual, to the left of me, I got Houdini across the way. I got Stag Party. I'm D-Rex, we are pyromaniac.com, and uh, damn, it's uh, week 7, pretty awesome, you guys ready
2: (laughs) Ready for 7? Can you believe that it's already week 7? Like, this season seems like it's just
3: flying by. They always
1: do, man. Yeah, yeah, it's it's ridiculous, but... uh, Well, who do we got on
3: bye week? We got two teams on bye this week, they're sort of high-flying offenses, or are, or were in the past. And the Carolina Panthers and Dallas Cowboys. So there'll be many a fantasy players missing from your lineups, including you know, uh, you know, breakout star Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, other than that, you know, like, subscribe, listen to us, you know, on all varieties of apps: Subs- Stitcher,
1: iTunes, Spreaker, Google Play, Podcast Attic, There's a uh, there's 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 a lot of them. So wherever you guys might be listening and enjoying the Pyro Podcast. Please, obviously, if you're not already, subscribe to us. But write us a review, follow us there, give us four stars. If you use iTunes, give us a favorable write up. And um, we're actually doing, uh, we gave away uh, three Walter Payton sweetness posters in our last batch. Uh, so we're actually doing a new gift item starting for this week and going through week 11. And that's going to be a $50 gift card from nflshop.com, um, so if you give a write-up and you take a screen grab of it and send it to me, uh, us at contacts at pyromaniac.com and say, hey, here's a screen grab of my write-up, here's my email address, you'll be entered into the raffle to win a $50 nflshop.com gift certificate. And
3: if you haven't won one of those three uh, Walter Payton silk screens, uh, you could also, you know, get your friend to review the podcast Send us a screen grab of that, and both of you will sort of be entered if you send us both those emails. Cool. I like it. Yeah, just help us out. Help us grow this show,
1: and that's one of the best ways to do it.
3: There is no
4: word to describe its perfection, so I'm forced to make one up. And I'm going to do so right now Scrum Trillescent. <laughs>
3: That's how we came up with the name of the show. Scrub to lessons in week seven. (laughs) uh, uh, It's good times.
1: Well, as usual, we basically follow. uh, On NFL.com, we go by the schedule, which is the main navigation, then uh, go to uh, regular season, then go to week seven, and we are going to go top down from there. We will be starting this Thursday, October 20th. Our own Chicago Bears are venturing up to Lambeau Field to play the Packers. We'll start with the visiting team. Mr. Undrafted from last year, Cameron Meredith, Illinois State's Finest, coming off the 27 targets. If he's still available in your league, grab him. Uh, He seems to be the next uh, Kevin, what seems to be what Kevin White never really was
3: able to, Have happened for the past few seasons? You ain't a has-been. You's a never-was. Yes.
1: (laughs) And he's making Alshon look like uh, the most overpaid player in the league.
3: The thing with that is they play Alshon pretty much exclusively on the left side of the field. And, you know, Brian Hoyer is one of the most right-passing heavy quarterbacks in the league. He just doesn't like it turned to his left. So if you're an Alshon owner, you're sort of pissed by how the Bears are deploying him. Hopefully, that can change here. They made a concerted effort to get him the ball more last week. I think that's going to be something that continues here in the coming weeks. So, Alshon, you know, Sam Shields out, probably Demarius Randall out again. You know, he's going to have great corner matchups. Uh, pretty much the first time all season, he's had a lot of tough corners on his slate. Uh, Meredith should have another great corner matchup for his own self. We'll see if Eddie Royal can get sort of healthy. Because this is a funnel defense. Outside of last, I mean, they allowed more rushing yards last week to the Dallas Cowboys than they did in all the games combined leading up to that. So are they closer to what they gave up last week, or are they closer to sort of the first four weeks, or is it somewhere in between? I I think it's probably closer
2: to the first few weeks or or somewhere in between, closer in that, in between those two.
1: Because when I look at... Uh, you sound like, you sound like uh, the guy from The Jerk. And if you win, you can have here, but not here, but inside here. <laughs> Just,
2: well, in between the pencil and the eraser and the thumbtack, but not the thumbnail.
1: Val
4: Unbelievable. You are a modern master.
2: So, where I'm going with this is I'm leaning toward they're going to be much better against the run in this game. You have a Bears team that even though you have Jordan Howard who has been impressive, they just will not really lean on the running game, and they continue to be a pass-happy team. So in this game, you have Green Bay coming off of a loss at home. You're going to have the Bears probably playing from behind and playing from behind early, so you're going to see a lot of passing. I like Cameron Meredith in this game. I mean, I think Jeffrey's still going to get the targets because at one point in time, too, you have to think about it. When's the trade deadline? Because Elshon is a guy that's on the franchise tag that if you deem that you're not going anywhere and you're not going to sign him, Maybe you want to highlight him right now so that you can get the best value. Maybe get a first or, or a package of like a second and a, or a third or a second and a fourth round pick for him. Do you think people want?
1: Are, are people Why wouldn't
2: to you talk? want Alshon at, at the price tag he's at for the for the one year buy? You got a guy who could come in and all you know that he can always go down and go up and get it. Yeah. So.
1: I would love it if we could trade and get anything for him. <laughs> I mean, we're one in five. The First season's going nowhere. I mean, he should try to build for the future. We, we're, we, he's not going to be a difference maker for us this season.
3: The only thing is, Alshon did come out last week and you know pretty much crap all over the Bears. You know, Get me the ball. This is what needs to happen. I'm open. This guy's got to get me the ball. So... The squeaky wheel a little bit happened last week. I think it's going to happen even more, but you uh, especially Hoyer. on a
1: short week. But Hoyer said it flat out. It's like I'm not going to force the ball into Alshon. He's like, I don't. Know. He, so you know, the coaching staff inside is like, don't worry about what Alshon's saying. I don't think it. they're saying. Can, you don't think so? You think no. they're trying to
3: get? The, I think they're trying to get Alshon the ball. I, I just think I Hoyer. Think, I don't think they like Alshon.
2: I, I I, you know, they may be trying to, but I don't think they're trying very hard. Uh, yeah,
1: I don't.
3: they think better put him on coaches. the on the
1: opposite side of the field. Uh, I kind of side
2: with you on this, D-Rex. I think if John Fox is one of those guys. He's not going to be told by a player,
3: and John Fox is going to be fired. That's no question. <laughs> he already knows that. He's like, right. <laughs> or
2: or he has the extra leash that they're saying. You know what?
1: No work. Uh, hey, you know. Well, I think Pace. Both of them. It was the dumbest, Pace is definitely not going. It was anymore. the dumbest signing, anyways. Both of them. Like, wow. We we said it from day one. They they should have gone either right to Case or made some sort of signing that would have gone, done something. Instead, it's just a status quo. Anyway, uh, quick things. Obviously, let's go to the other... Can we go to the other side of the ball? Yeah. yeah. Uh, quick things. Uh, Aaron Rodgers pretty much stinks. I think it's time for him and Olivia Munn to break up. She's obviously ruining his career.
3: I thought they may have broken up and they're in a little bit of a separation and that's why he's playing, bad. You ever read I this? I was wondering why my
1: text messages were blowing up. From <laughs> she was back in my game. She's trying to sneak in my DMs.
3: <laughs> I think she has you on the block contact list. Oh. <laughs> cock block, for sure. So when we're talking about Green Bay, you know, the Bears have played pretty good pass defense so far this season, in sort of a weird way. They haven't gotten much pressure against the quarterback. That's seemingly where Roger struggles, but then a lot of the times the last couple weeks, they're just dropping everybody back, and they're saying, hey, beat us. We don't think your receivers can separate, and they haven't been able to. But this is going to have to be a pass-happy game plan by the Green Bay Packers against Chicago, because basically, They don't have a running back. I mean, they promoted Don Jackson out of Nevada from the practice squad. Eddie Lacy might not play. James Starks is out for another month. They traded for Niall Davis. d is bull. Yeah, now
1: he's finally gonna come. Oh, uh, brother. Yeah,
3: now he's there from Tuesday to Wednesday, trying to get. It, he's gonna be a change of pace back in this game. You got to think.
1: His First practice is today at eleven in the eleven a.m. You know, exactly. So like, just,
3: there's not many things can come from learning a playbook in two days. Like, you're a change of pace back. John Jackson should probably get the early work and a lot of the work, if any, because, you know, he's familiar with the system. He's been there all year. He knows the plays. He knows the play calling. And also Ty Montgomery, who played a lot of the running back position last week, you know, should be the third down back at least. Yeah, he's the interesting guy because you bring up the fact that
2: no one is able to separate uh, of these receivers. So, Montgomery's a guy who has that kick return ability, has that, that quick uh, agility off the line, and you saw, what he got 10 catches last week? Now, you said that they gave him a couple carries, and one carry, he had fumbled twice, but that second one was the one that he lost, and that was on a carry, that was disastrous. So, I don't know that I'm gonna be, you're going to be seeing him get too many more
1: of those opportunities out of the backfield, but maybe against the Bear. Something worth mentioning. You guys know I, I was not high on Aaron Rodgers going into the season. Everyone had the Jordy. Twelve straight games without a 300-yard passing game. That is you know, very hard to believe.
3: And Hoyer is the first quarterback in Bears history to do it four games in a row. Crazy. It'll be five after this one. <laughs> yeah, certainly should be. Should. But I think I think you still got to start Jordy Nelson. You got to start Randall Cobb, who's had yeah. you know a little bit of a hot streak. Even Devontae Adams is worth a flyer if he can come back from his concussion. Jeff Janis is still just there. The tight ends still haven't done much this season. Jared Cook still injured. Richard Rodgers still slower than pretty much everyone in the NFL. I wouldn't play one of the tight ends this week, but, I mean,
2: yeah, you're going to start the other guys because the other fact is this is the Bears. This is their big rivalry game coming off of a loss. National television, they're going to be bringing everything out in the first quarter. It's going to be a high-energy first quarter for the Packers.
1: Let's go to the early game in. It's outside London, actually. It's uh, it's over it's overseas, uh, and that's the Giant New York Giants uh, against the Rams. They're actually playing the first game ever in uh, Twickenham Stadium, which is a rugby stadium. It's about an hour out, hour outside of London, but that's pretty cool because you know they've been playing at, at that same. Uh, Wembley or whatever uh, for most of the games, so they got they're doing a new stadium. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, let's start with the Giants side of the ball. Uh, Odell Beckham yeah. Jr. got a couple great na- nicknames for uh, for him. One of them is O D B Giant G Y N. O B D Um <laughs> Obviously had his best game as a pro, or at least you know his best yardage game. Lit it up, I think, in my league. I think he scored forty-eight points. Uh, not a bad outing. Uh, he keeps on messing with this net. We won't go there too much. my I, we, I won't talk about ODB, but here's another great nickname that we're going to—I'm going to be calling from now on: BYODB.
3: <laughs> Bring your own d bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bring your own beer. It's BYODB. So just bring yourself if you're that kind of person.
1: (laughs) I I go by myself to bars all the time. Um, But yeah, so Odell doing it right. Uh, But as a result, this team, uh, let's talk about some of that. What's going on with the running back situation?
3: It's just going to be a fantasy mess. There's none of these guys that you want to start. They said they were sticking with the committee approach for a while. They did. Rashad Jennings returned. Didn't look great. I'm not going to trust him until I see more, uh, even against a Rams team that's probably a little bit better against the run than they are against the pass now, so yeah, I'm avoiding all these running backs except for maybe the passing down back, and that's Bobby Rainey now, I think he's the most interesting running back to own this week at least, I, I think the game is really just about the receivers on the outside going up against this beat up Los Angeles Rams secondary, we'll see. Uh, if OBB can repeat such a uh, performance, but I think he'll still be very good. I mean, this is a guy you can't sit, and you finally got that touchdown pop, pop positive touchdown aggression to go your way. Sterling Shepard, you know, hasn't been as great since his three-game starts in the season, but still seeing seven targets a game over the last three, at least seven in each. So that that's encouraging. I think you can still play him as a flex wide receiver three. Victor Cruz... You know, he's getting some work here and there. They still run a ton of three wide receiver sets. But I, he's not worth a start at this point. Tight ends. Larry Dinell got a lot more run than Will Ty last week. That's something that's a little discouraging. But I don't think you want to own any, any of these guys. So the last question is really about Eli Manning. He played Eli Manning uh, against Los Angeles. I, I'm,
2: I'd rather not. That's reassuring. It isn't. Um, I like Odell Beckham, but again, you you have to expect a regression after a 200 yard performance. So I also worry about, you know, okay, you're going overseas. Uh, The Rams' defense is kind of beat up and everything, you know, and Detroit was able to put 31 points on him last week. I just don't know. Manning is that type of guy that I feel like you have to roll with him only because of the fact that he can put up the games like he did last week that just dominate for you after after complete suckage. But then you have to also deal with complete suckage. So I,
3: I, I look for better options. I'd rather go for Marcus Mariota, an Alex Smith, you know, Andy Dalton. I'm not playing Eli Manning if I don't have to. Like, he's got a really st- a strong army, and I'm not going to play him against this defense when we've seen his left tackle and right tackle just get tossed around like ragdolls going like up-, up against this Rams defensive front. I want nothing to do with Eli.
1: Eli's the 15th ranked uh, quarterback in fantasy points this year.
3: And it's all because, it's all of, because of last before. week. Because yeah. he didn't yeah. do
2: anything yeah. for the, the weeks before that. So
1: Absolutely. So I'd say you can find something better a Hoyer is probably available out there I'd rather play a Hoyer in a, in a throw up match where Vegas has got it as a 45 over 46.5 over under in points um, so Although you gotta, yeah, you gotta
2: buy into that one early because that's a Thursday
1: night game so true, true. Um, alright let's go to the Rams side of the ball uh, it's, you know, I thought one of the tweets you put out it
3: was pretty. Isn't what? Where's up uh, Brit right now? He's a top fifteen wide receiver <laughs> in standard scoring, a little bit higher. What? What did? Who did he call him? He is what he is. He good. Hey, you know. Good. Well, well this is the uh, thing. Is uh, I, I keep. He's been in
2: the waiver wire piece every single week, and so he was in it again this week. He's available in eighty three percent of the CBS leagues, so he's out there. And the thing that I that it's, it's one of those things it comes to grips with, right? Here's a guy that we have seen for so many years, but the fact is, in this offense, which is really not very dynamic, and there are no uh, real playmakers in the, in the uh, on the receiving end, Britt is. And Britt is the thing that he, what he's done is his floor is become about five catches for sixty yards. And when that's your floor, you're up for a good season. And now he finally gave you the big splash game with the seven, one, thirty-six, and two. So you just finally scored touchdowns. Well, no one was been scoring doing touchdowns. It. Brian Quick was the only other guy. We, you know, he had the three touchdowns. I mean, Devon Austin's not the guy that's going to be the difference maker in this offense. You need to have that
3: size, which Britt has. I mean, his pace on the season is like thirteen hundred yards, and you know, six touchdowns now. Uh, so Britt's going to be legit. Britt's a weekly wide receiver three, but yeah, if he maintains this floor that he's had. The thing you look at, you look at uh, his next-gen stats, you can see those tweeted out uh, from time to time. He's still not a good route runner, but they're using him vertically and then on these deep-drag routes. And that's just opening up the field more for Todd Gurley, which is all they really care about. But if he's still getting the targets there, great. All these other guys, we talk about Taman Austin just being a gimmick player, sort of just showed out again. It's going to continue to show out. He will have a game or two when he blows up. I just can't tell you when. Uh, and other than
2: that, Brian Ber- Quick. He's the same thing. He's a guy who, um, on the high end, like this last week, he had the 5 for 61. That's probably a good week for him because it's that's a good floor for him. Huge floors usually could be about 30-35 and then give you the big splash games with a the, with the touchdown and about 90 yards because he's the other guy that now Britt has been eating into him with the downfield plays. But that's what Quick was. And you know, remember, Quick was a guy that wasn't even going to be on this team at the start of the year because it was uh, the guy who was the the hit in uh, uh, Hard Knocks. Oh, you didn't watch it. Yeah, yeah. Don't
3: ask me, Pharaoh Cooper? No, no, it was the white guy. Thomas?
2: It was the white guy. No, it was the white guy. Uh, Got me. I don't even know what to talk about.
1: Moving on. Moving on. Well, the amazing (laughs) thing that I uh, saw that I couldn't even believe. Todd Gurley doesn't have a uh, run for longer than 16 yards this season. Nelson Spruce! Spruce, all right. That's pretty hard to believe, though. Gurley is uh, not having the, uh, the kind of sophomore outing that anyone would have anticipated, no matter how much they can stack the box.
3: Yeah, he's just not running well against stacked boxes right now. That offensive line is not performing. He's still doing a little bit of his thing after contact, but not nearly as much. I mean, Todd Gurley is probably more of a running back two this week. I think you still play him. This is sort of a better matchup to where maybe you can get going. Case Keenum, I think that was sort of is. That, I mean, that's a crazy game by anybody. So I think that's his absolute ceiling. I think we're more likely to see a bit of a floor game, but they're so beat up uh, in the backfield, the Giants. That I'm a little bit concerned. But Case Keenum. You know, there's worse options, I guess. If you're in two QB leagues with like Landry Jones and potentially Geno Smith out there starting this week,
2: yeah. I mean, I don't know that. I I mean, again, do you want to play the guy that's going overseas in this type of a a game? Do you ever know what the environment's going to be? First time they're playing in this rugby stadium. You know, I
4: don't
1: know. Well, here, let's all avoid it. Before we get to our next uh, batch of games, uh, if you guys could do me uh, could do me one favor and uh, follow us on Twitter, and that's uh, twitter.com forward slash pyromaniac, but it's P Y R O M A N the number one A C. Some twerp got real pyromaniac and never tweets. Uh, but before uh, before we get into the Saints and the Colts. Listen to this, so we can uh, we can get a little bit of um, a little bit of sponsorship uh, going for the Pyro Podcast. All right, we'll um, we'll get into this uh, Saints game. They're at Arrowhead. Uh, last time they were at Arrowhead, just to give you a sense, was back in '08. Uh, it's a tough game for them on the road. What are you expecting uh, to happen?
3: I and mean, that's the thing. It's a tough game for them after a big, big win uh, against the Carolina Panthers at home. Now they have to go play a tough Kansas City Chiefs defense that we saw just shut down Derek Carr in that sort of wind rain game. I don't know if the weather will be that big of a factor for them this week. But still, you know, are you really loving Drew Brees? You see his home road splits. You see the home road splits for Brandon Cooks. Uh, you see pretty much the home road splits for everybody on this passing game. You know the Chiefs are also very, very tough against tight ends, allowing just like three catches for 30 yards a game and just one touchdown on the season to tight ends. So it doesn't, you know, set up exactly very good for Kobe Fleener. The the guy you probably feel best about is Mark Ingram. And other than that, I'm sort of avoiding them if I can. But in how many cases can you?
2: Unfortunately, you kind of have to. You have to play your Brandon Cooks if you have him for the most part, unless you have just super depth you have a breeze unless you have a you know I would look for better options because of because of those home road splits arrowhead is not the easiest place to play in. Um I know it doesn't look on the on the surface of it that it would be always a you know be like I can't bench Drew Breeze but you know what? If depending on who you have, there could be a better option out there for you. So you know and I agree. Mark Ingram is the guy that you want to own in this game. He's he'll be active as a receiver as well uh, as they start to look for like little dump offs and stuff. And I think that they, what they really want to do though is and they need to establish the run on the road in Kansas City. Definitely. Easier said than done, but that's what they
3: need to do. Definitely. Um, I I think we already talked about everybody we need to know on the Saints. All right. Uh, Willie, Willie Snead or Michael Thomas, who's the number two wide receiver there going forward? Uh,
1: I'm liking the plays that I'm seeing out of Thomas a little bit more than, than Snead, but, uh, you know, it's, it's one guy I think is a little more reliable and another guy has a little bit more of an opportunity to, 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 to have an explosion factor. And I think that Thomas is probably being regarded by other defenses not as much as Snead at this point.
2: Well, Snead is also now, I think, finally healthy. So, uh, you know, I think that he starts to assume a bigger role back in the offense.
3: I think you also, I mean, you can play all three of them when they're at home, when they're on the road, it's probably going to be one or the other. You know, this week going against the Kansas City Chiefs, I'd probably take the guy who plays in the slot a little more, lean towards Sneed. He got more targets last week than Thomas. Thomas just scored that touchdown, which it was a drag route. Pretty much anybody could have scored on it, so I'm not going to give him too much. Uh, let's move over to the other side. Let's talk Chiefs. Let's talk that backfield. Uh,
1: well, it looks like they're, everyone, now that we got uh, Jamal Charles back, Everyone's getting a little piece of the pie. Jamal got his nine carries, didn't have a huge game, but got a TD, um, got a couple catches. But Spencer Ware, 24 carries, 131 yards. What is that? Is that gonna, Do you flip that for moving forward, or are they still not ready to give Jamal, uh, you know, the lion's share?
3: Well, I think a lot of it had to do with the game last week. It was wet weather in Oakland, which has notorious bad turf, because they played baseball still there. But, you know it's the only place where you can still play on dirt. Yeah, as Charles Woodson probably said ten times during that pregame show. Uh, Charles,
1: uh, Charles Woodson. By the way, I also, can I Charles also. Charles Woodson, voice in, impersonation. In really. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna, I'm here. I'm wearing a, a boating tie here. not bad, it's not bad, come on, give it to me, my my impression stink, but my Charles
2: what's it Okay, anyway, what I had heard though is that the uh, people who uh, put the turf in at Oakland are the same people that did it in Chicago. Oh yeah.
3: Same company that manages it. Some people are just football players. I can believe that, but also, if you look at how they split up uh, carries per quarter, it was Ware and Charles with a pretty even split in the first quarter. Charles dominated in the second quarter. Charles dominated the carries in the third quarter. And then Spencer Ware salted the game away with 14 of his 24 carries in that fourth quarter when they were up. So that's also something to look forward. I think it's going to be pretty close to a 50-50 split. But we saw Ware sort of vulture a early you know, Charles touchdown where Charles got him down. Then it was Ware. So it's going to be an interesting split there. But I think it's 50-50. But against the Saints defense, I think they're both RB2s or flex plays. If you own them both, you can legitimately play them both against the Saints. They are not good on defense. Talking about their wide receivers, you know, Jeremy Acklin, that was just that kind of game. You know, he caught all three of his targets. He caught a big play. So... I think in other games, especially against the Saints team, where they're going to have to throw a little bit more, just because the Saints, even when they're on the road, they're a little bit more high-powered than a team in the ring.
2: So The only thing that I look at is this. Usually when I look at the Chiefs on offense, I'm saying, besides the running game, I really don't want to have much much part of what they're doing, because Kelsey, he's even been inconsistent. and He hasn't been giving you the solid numbers that you're expecting him to give, but... In this matchup, when you got these guys going against the Saints defense, and the Saints defense that goes out of the fast track in, on the road, I, I'll, I'll take pretty much most players. So I'll, I'll play a Macklin, I'll play a Kelsey, I'll play a Charles, I'll play a Ware.
3: Yeah, I'm not going to play a Smith, but... I mean, Smith's a pretty good streaming option this week. if you're, You have to go that route. You have to find a... I mean, I Smith prefer- or Eli Manning? Smith. I told you that. There you go. There you go. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just reaffirming. <laughs> but... Marcus Mariotta Smith or Sam Bradford? Smith. Bradford's not even close to Smith level right now for me. Uh, we talked about all those pieces you need to play. You know, Chris Conley looks like he's the solid number two there, but that's just sort of a low-cost start throw in DFS. Other than that, we can hit up this next game and talk the Indianapolis Colts on the road to face the Tennessee Titans after the Indy blow-up, you know, potentially... At least the last week.
1: Well, Gore, <laughs> Gore came out today, and he's like pissed. He's like, I didn't come here for this shit. <laughs> he's like, I, I could have stayed in San Francisco yeah, and gotten the same thing done. Exactly. He's like, I want to be playing. I want to be playing in the postseason. This team uh, needs a little wake up call. I mean, you just get the eye test on that one. And as much as I love luck, and how much he can, he can still bring it sometimes on the fantasy side. It just looks like he's, uh, he's kind of a little aloof out there and it just doesn't look like... You're I don't dead. know. It just doesn't look like he's got that game that game face to really, to really make things happen and when, 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 when the games are on. It just looks a little bit lost. He's
2: rattled. Uh, wouldn't you be rattled? You're getting sacked and pressured as much as he is? Yeah. I, I mean, you put all this money into him as your franchise guy and you don't really do anything to protect him. Don't give me anything about the
1: money... That's well, if you're going to pay him meetings. the money, you should protect him. And the GM even said uh, two weeks ago, he was like, well, we gave Luck all this money. It's going to be hard for us to build the rest that of this That was game. the
3: stupidest thing I've ever heard. You had four years of Luck being close to you mm. know, the cheap one of the cheapest players in the league. I couldn't in believe terms of I to say Like, yeah, you're I a dumbass. That's what you should be building. Yeah. Like, Grigson, Purdue guy, you know, dumbass. <laughs> 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 no, I'm just kidding. All the Boilermakers. I got a lot of friends that went there. But but seriously, Grigson just needs to shut his mouth. Ursay, you know, isn't doing much to help the case. But in addition to him being rattled because of the offensive line, in during that game, missing wide receiver two, Dante Moncrie, missing wide receiver three, Philip Dorsett, missing wide receiver five, missing tight end one, Dwayne Allen, you know, missing everyone. Like all of his weapons are depleted and outside of TY, and you know, they have good corners and, you know, Houston, they mm-hmm. could just take away T.Y., and they pretty much did. And that it just made him so tough on him to where, when he rushed for over 50, 60 yards, because he had to. Right. Um, so, I, I'm concerned that Luck's still a viable fantasy starter, just because the you know, volume's there. When they go, huddle up, he is so good. If they can get a couple more weapons back, and once they get back, Dante Moncrief will feel a lot better about this. When's that first. happening? It could be probably next week. I haven't heard too much about this week, so I don't imagine him being back. Dwayne Allen might be gone this week. You know, Frank Gore's been doing his thing, just being old, reliable. You know, 80 to 100 total yards, sometimes a touchdown, sometimes not. Frank Gore, old, reliable, like it. Jack Doyle, if he has to step into Dwayne Allen's... If Allen's out. If, if Allen's out, you're playing
2: Doyle. And that, he, that, that was exactly what I put on the waiver wire with this guy. The reason why he got he got all the production last week with the with the touchdown was only because Allen went out. Uh, I mean, he he sort of does it. He's I know he's like he's lucky. Like, luck kind of has a fancy for him. And, and but at the same time, without Dwayne Allen in the lineup, now you're going to just get a lot
3: more share of targets. Though. Sure, but even if Dwayne Allen's in the lineup, if Dorsett's out and they're missing, you know, Chester Rogers, Quan Bray, any of these other guys, it's going to be hard for them to not play that that twelve set. You know, that sort of, they went away from at the beginning of the year, but now they've been running more and more, that two tight end set. So, you know, I think Jack Doyle's got some interesting fantasy value, especially with just the crapshoot tight end has been. And when you said that about Kelsey, I said, I just want to say, have you looked at the rest of the tight ends in the league? Because they've been sort of piss poor this season. No consistent production outside of two or three guys, uh, maybe four. But moving on to the other side.
1: Six for six, top position all week. Guys studded.
3: Yeah, we could probably move on to this other side. We could talk Tennessee Titans and Marcus Mariota. Can I take a Marcus Mariota victory lap after yeah. he took a Jameis one after week one? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't so think right, it, was a, it was a dance. Are you Are you get up and dig huh,
2: <laughs> I'm wondering if you're, if you're expecting a repeat performance because the Indianapolis defense can be thrown upon. Uh, they have been well, you know, about 310 yards passing a game. All um, you know, 300 yards passing a game. Nine touchdowns they've given up. Uh, they're just, they're just a bending, bending, bending defense, and they're going to be able to pound Demarco Murray at them. They're going to be able to pound the, with uh, with both running backs. Kendall Wright finally showing up uh for, for the Titans. I'm still not buying it, although if you're looking for a piggyback game that could be an opportunity for him to to carry some momentum, this would be one. Because They're not
1: terrible against the wide receiver. They're not that's Who's Vontae Davis gonna gonna be covered? That's what I want.
3: I don't know, a guy on the outside. Like or whoever Roger gets Richard. hot, or whoever gets yeah, hot. Yeah, I guess it'd probably be like Rashard Matthews right now. Mm-hmm. He's been the hottest receiver uh Kendall Wright plays out of the slot. He's been taking a lot of Delaney Walker's slot work, and that's making Delaney Walker play less snaps, and Delaney Walker's been less valuable over the last couple weeks, and that's concerning if you're a Delaney Walker owner. Now you got to play the matchups with that guy, uh, unfortunately.
1: In your piece that we uh, put on the site today, Pyro Power Rankings, the Colts um, are second worst against rushing uh, offenses, so that bodes quite well for DeMarco. Got third in the league in in rushing. Guys uh, already got over 500 yards. Beast. And then also they're uh, 30th against the tight end. So DeMarco could be, or not DeMarco, Delaney could be in for a nice one against the uh, Colts. Check out that piece on pyromaniac.com. That's a stag party uh, regular. Um, And we posted it up there earlier today. I love that one. It gives how many fantasy points uh, teams are scoring per game. Uh, for fantasy, uh, and it also gives how many fantasy points our uh, defenses are allowing per game across each of the position. Gives you the overall rank, and gives you kind of the final chart that shows the differential. That kind of gives you a good overview of who the best fantasy
0: teams are.
3: Val, Val, oh. And
0: there's an issue that has come to my attention: the issue of the so-called global warmings that are happening on our, our planet. For centuries the rays of the sun have warmed the surface of our Earth's crust and uh, apparently those rays are, are intensifying in such a way that uh, it's increasing lava flows and uh, Cut. I'm, I'm not going to lie to
3: you, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> Well, I sort of do know what I'm talking about. And right now we're talking about Marcus Mariota. And basically if he rushes the same two numbers he's hit last week, 7 for 60. He's already going to surpass his rushing totals from last season. They're letting him run the ball more. It's adding a new dimension to his game. You said There's- that
1: three weeks ago on the show. That's all they had to do.
3: They're spreading it out more, and they look so much more dynamic on offense. We've seen them get everybody involved. Last year, against the Indianapolis Colts, uh, threw for over 360, or threw for exactly 367 yards, two scores, but threw two interceptions. I think against this version of the Colts, they could be in for another shootout at home where he's going to throw for a lot. I love Marcus Mariota. If you picked him up last week as a streamer, stick with him. Great matchup. I think he's top five again. Now, I, I I like that call,
2: and the thing that I question, though, is not Mariota. Because the thing about Mariota is that he does not really usually lock on to one guy that much. He seems to be a, a, a player that likes to spread it around the offense and make his progressions. So, is there anyone, I mean, I mean, is it a Rashard Matthews that's going to be the guy that you look at, or is it going to be another Kendall Wright? I mean, or do you just say... It's a decent matchup, I'll take what I can get, but it's really it really is kind of a crapshoot as to who's gonna get the, the main
3: chair. I mean the main question they're asking that question is for stacking. So what you do is you run a naked Mariota. Uh, so you run you run Mariota by himself with no other stack plays in DFS. I mean, I can't tell you if it's Ken Wright or Shark Matthews right. or Andre Johnson's the guy who's been catching some touchdowns from him. Uh, Delaney Walker, even Demarco Murray's been catching some red zone targets. So I, I like just running him alone, and then using you know his salary you know on that stack just across other places.
1: I, I agree. I agree. Well, is, uh, we've seen Derek Henry. We can, last thing on a question is Derek Henry's kind of fallen off the face of the earth as, as far as getting opportunities and touches. Yeah. They obviously like having Demarco on the field. Uh, she's all third and all-purpose. I think fourth and rushing. Is Derrick Henry gonna? Is that was that just okay. kind of a game plan situation, or is, well, no, is you, he you, kind of just sittable, droppable?
2: When Demarco's playing the way Demarco's playing, Derrick Henry's not going to play as much. And, and the fact is, you he's still a rookie, and you're teaching him more more things about the offense. But it's one of those things that if Murray goes down, Henry's going to be able to step in. But at the same time, Murray's their horse, and they're
3: riding. This is also such a run-centric offense that you have to hold Derrick Henry because you know if anything were to happen to Marco, Derrick Henry would be a horse. Like You cannot drop this guy. It'd be one of the worst moves of the fantasy year. I mean, just don't do it. If you drafted him, hold. You're not getting that consistent sort of production you thought, but that handcuff value there is so large. So if you're in a league and someone drops his ass, pick
2: him up.
1: Yeah. All right. Before we get to the Vikings and the Eagles, let's keep the lights on. All right. Vikings traveling to Pennsylvania to play the Eagles. Um, and what? Do you, let's start with the Viking side. Uh, I read today that they are the uh, favorites um, by, uh, what's that, uh, That Nate Silver. Oh, yeah, type. 538. Yeah, 538. They say they've got like a 16% chance to win the Super Bowl. Uh, pretty pretty sweet. Let me get the exact numbers here. Sorry. 16%. Seattle's next with 13, then New England with 11, Denver with 9. So, at uh, 538.com, Nate Silver calling the Minnesota after, uh, after six weeks, chances to win the Super Bowl. That's a vicious defense
0: It is just
2: a ferociously vicious defense Uh, I mean, I'm in a league where defenses are scored conservatively And they have 26 points more than the next closest defense
3: And that's after a bye week So talking about this defense The Eagles also have a very good defense And I don't really want to play anybody in this game like, I want to avoid pretty much everybody, but let's hit the quick points. Let's
2: do it because you're right. This is a stay away. From, what's the over under on this one? Do you have that yeah. information? Because I, I guarantee it's got to be one of the lowest 40.
3: 40. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this is a stay away game in DFS. I mean, maybe you could have a sharp play just playing maybe a digs, but I don't think you play a Bradford. I don't think you play a Wentz on either side. I don't want to do that. Um, so, looking at the Vikings first. Diggs, if he's back, I think he's an interesting play. He should be able to get some yardage against this Philadelphia Eagles defensive backfield. That's not very good. Uh, other than that, you know, Kyle Rudolph, the Eagles are one of the toughest teams in the league against tight ends. We've seen those coverage linebackers really do damage. We've seen Michael Kendricks be able to make plays. So I, I don't really want to play Kyle Rudolph, but... He's probably a guy you're gonna to have to as a back end tight end one, just because tight end is so bad. Yeah. Continuing with the other guys though, is this a Jarek McKinnon or a Matt Asiata game? That's that's a real question. I think it's a little bit of both, and I think Asiata with that pass blocking is going to be invaluable against this Eagles wide nine technique defense. Well, the thing for me though about that
2: those two guys, it's they've shown a much higher level of commitment to Jarek McKinnon, so. And the fact that he's getting red zone carries. That that was the whole problem before, was that McKinnon would get you up and down the field, and then Asiata comes in, gets his five carries for six yards, two touchdowns, screw you, I got more points than you, McKinnon, and you ran your ass up and down the field for a, a shit ton
3: more of the game than I did. But yeah, I think you could play Jarek McKinnon as like an RB2 flex play. Other than that, I'm avoiding the rest of this game, having Thielen, maybe you pick him up just in case Stefan Diggs is out, but I haven't heard much on Diggs being out
2: again. No, let me tell you about Thielen, though, because he's a guy that's just interesting anyway, because he is still available out there on the waiver wire. After this week, he'll probably still be sitting out there because people aren't thinking about him, so this is one of those guys that uh, I have in that section of worth stashing, because of the value that he has, we already have a dig up Diggs, if Diggs goes down Boom, Thielen uh, already had nice reports, temporary. He's already going to be stealing away a lot of those secondary uh, looks now because he was already on the field before that. So, you know, here's a player on a team that doesn't have a solid running game, has an amazing defense, but it's going to look for other ways to do it. And teams, as long as Diggs is out there, they're going to focus on him. They're not going to focus on Thielen.
3: Flipping over to the other side, we got a diff- our, uh, running backfield that I want nothing to do with. Your best chance is maybe a Darren Sproles because they're going to have to you know, potentially play catch-up. I-, I don't know if they're going to be able to get ahead against Minnesota, so if they're going to have to throw, Sproles is going to be the guy. We sort of saw that last week when he played pretty much three times as many snaps as everybody else in that backfield. Uh, at wide receiver, Jordan Matthews is dealing with an injury. Also, you know, going up against the corners and the defensive backfield uh, uh, of this Minnesota Vikings, I want nothing to do with Zach Ertz. Is probably the most interesting player, and after watching him these last two weeks, I ain't that interested anymore. I,
1: I'm, I, I think I'm dropping him for CJ F- F- Fedora. What Fedora has listen.
2: Fedorowicz is. We'll, we can talk to him when we get to that game, yeah. but I'm gonna tell you what. You know, I'm I gonna tell you what. I told you, he's an Iowa player, he's an Iowa guy, that is really not a playmaker type of a a difference maker at all. He has good size, he's a good blocker. Well, what they've been doing with him now, though, is that he's... Out there for all these plays in the block, and Griffin has become non existent. They're actually using him in the vertical passing game. Let's get to him when we get there. All right. I was
3: waiting I, for us to get to him when we got to him, but he yeah. just kept going. I kept <laughs> going. <Just> He's <laughs> fired
1: up with Iowa guys. I no, know. No, you gotta, he, you gotta, he, you gotta he, give him money. Are you no, that's
2: no, it's a Puma. It's, a Puma. it's
1: a Puma. Okay. We're okay. in Dodger Blue today. They're he like gets fun What's the Iowa? Of the game. <laughs> let's, let's, uh, oh. the one thing that, that's worth noting for, uh, or many things worth noting because of that Vikings defense fight, Eagles. Uh, defense has allowed 12.6 points per game.
3: It's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, dude,
1: that's uh, that's that's like almost hockey level points. Uh, so, going to be tough. Um, let's see if the, if the rookie can keep it going. Right now, he's, this uh, is he's, a, he's, this he's, is a
2: great yeah. test, D- yeah. D-Rex. I, I, I have to tell you, what a test for Wentz. This defense gets in your face in a hurry. You got an awesome. Uh, players at every level of the defense from Kendricks on the second level to Hunter Smith on the back level. Wentz is going to have to be making quick progressions. going to have to be making quick releases. He's going to have to be really trying to do anything he can to stay on balance against this defense, and it's going to be difficult. I don't want to play him, but I want to watch to see how he performs against him. Yeah, Yeah. let's
3: hit the next. Let's go
1: to the Browns at the Bengals. Start with the uh, Browns. Kessler made it back into the lineup last week, and you know, guys, he does serviceably from a. We yeah, top fo- twelve week. Okay. Yeah, he, he's a serviceable fantasy football quarterback for a rookie, which is which is great. It looks like we're gonna have uh, one of those one of those memorable uh, memorable uh, rookie rookie uh, quarterback classes
3: here from 2016. Uh, the question is, you know, Josh McCown slowly recovering. Yeah. It sounds like it's gonna be another Cody Kessler week, but you know, also RG three. F- four weeks away potentially after having his shoulders sort of reevaluated. Is Cody Kessler gonna keep the job long term or do they decide to go back with one of these veteran guys? I, I mean, I think they might start keep starting Cody Kessler even if McCown's back. Uh, the real question is, you know, do they start Kessler over RG three? That's just personal opinion on this team's not very good. They might go ON sixteen. Why not play the rookie, see what you got, and evaluate, you know, further down the line. The rest of the players, Isaiah Crowell has another tough matchup, and he's sort of going to have a string of tough matchups. So hopefully you sold early. You know, that yards per carry number was grossly inflated because of that 185-yard touchdown. Duke Johnson still getting half the snaps there on a weekly basis, got a red zone score. Uh, for pretty much, I think the first time in his career, but he's been getting you know a solid three, four, five catches a game. So in PPR, he's got some flex appeal. He's not he's not very flex flex appealing, but he's got a little bit. Wide receivers Terrell Pryor had a huge. i to say one thing
1: about a Crowella. They got to give him the ball more. You yep. know, he's averaging he's averaging five point two yards carry. He's only rushed the ball eighty three times this year. He's almost got five hundred yards. I think. Especially when you got a rookie quarterback and you need to keep the balance attack, You just need to feed him the ball a little bit more. Because I do think he's one of those kind of runners that as the game goes on, he punishes a bit more. And he can be more successful in that fourth quarter if you're giving him the ball. They don't seem to be doing it. Even though he's Jackson's favorite running back right now, I think they got to just keep feeding him the ball a little bit more. Uh, as a fantasy owner of him and as a, a Browns um, you know, fan, that's what I would want to see. It's surprising
2: that they haven't because Hugh Jackson is normally a guy that is more slanted to the run, and, and he just doesn't seem to be as committed to it um, with, with, with Cleveland as he was with Cincinnati. You look at the receivers, though, you know, here's the thing and for, for both sides of this I like the receivers on both sides. I'll play them because you have, in this matchup, you have the Cleveland Browns or the, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals have given up 14 passing touchdowns this year. That is tied for third most in the league. The Cleveland Browns actually have given up 16 touchdowns It's the second most in the league. <laughs> so uh, between these two defenses, they have given up 30 passing touchdowns on the year. So if I'm looking at where I want to play a Cleveland player, I'll, I'll, I'll go Terrell Pryor for sure. Is he, is, take, he, is he banged up though? Yeah, yeah he's got straight. a hammy injury, so that's a little concerning. As long as he get a full practice and on on Thursday, that's sure. going to be my key. Full practice Thursday,
3: all good on the walkthrough. I'm going to start him. No, no question. But let's also remember Hugh Jackson going back to Cincinnati sure. storyline. Does Does he know what's going on on offense and defense? You know, this team hasn't had much changeover since he's you know started his you know Cincinnati Bengals career. Not much has changed for him. Uh, We'll see how that plays out in this first sort of battle against his former head coach. So that could be an interesting storyline to watch. Uh, I think we hit on all the Cleveland players. Gary Barnage, you know, just just a guy right now, uh, unfortunately not being targeted in the red zone. Those looks are being funneled through Terrell Pryor, which is great if you're a Terrell Pryor owner, and Isaiah Crowell. Flipping over to the other side, Andy Dalton against this Cleveland defense. He's a stream of the week. Like You could play him if you need a quarterback, if you're out Cam Newton, or if you're out Dak Prescott, or if your guy's if been a If you're out football, Ben Roethlisberger. If you're out Ben Roethlisberger, that's a big one. So Andy Dalton's available on a lot of waiver wires. You could pick him up and start him against Cleveland. I, I just don't know if you know that Hugh Jackson effect might have a little bit to say. It's like... If there's anybody who knows Andy Dalton's strengths and deficiencies, it is going to be Hugh Jackson. So maybe they use that. Maybe it's not a great game for him. And you know how Andy Dalton can sort of struggle in these tough divisional games. But it's at home. I still really like Andy Dalton where they're favorites. Uh, You know, the running backs, they are favorites. So this could be a good game for Jeremy Hill against this porous Cleveland defense. But they've been fairly successful against running backs we saw them last week shut down DeMarco Murray in the run game. Well, I'm a little bit worried if I'm a jury, Jeremy Hill owner to begin with. You but have
2: to be. He's the most frustrating, one of the most frustrating guys out there in the running backs to own. And you are not getting any of the huge, big bonus games, 130 rushing yards. You're hoping to get a touchdown. Then you get the duds of the 30-yard of the games. It's like... Oh, and, if you, and he's the type of guy that if you ever bench him, he'll go off. Yep. And you put him back in your lineup, and he screws you over.
1: Yeah. I'm mad at my partner in one league. I'm really mad at him. We're 5 and all, oh, five and one So we're doing well. We brought on Brady, so we're excited. I won't talk about my league too much. But he made us take Jeremy Hill over both DeMarco Murray and Shady. I was like, no, we've got to take one of these other guys. He's like, no, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. And I had kind of taken the previous pick. Uh, uh, Mike Evans. He was like, "No, we're not taking Evans. We're, we're taking Evans here." So he took the next one. Uh, we would be like six and all. Don't do fantasy Just teams with another another player. It's if you even, do, it's, a, it's frustrating as fuck.
2: When you do your team next year with him, when he goes, "Oh, we gotta pick this guy," and be like Jeremy Hill. Yeah,
1: Jeremy, yeah. Jeremy, Jeremy Hill. Two Jeremy words for you. What are you gonna say? Shut up. Ben, I'm going to start calling that guy Benny Hill That's even though that, that's, <laughs>
4: We're running around
1: in fast motion here You ever seen the Benny Hill show Stags? I doubt it Oh, oh old, uh, From England uh, Nudity I got boobies
2: for the first oh, time and I'd be like, watching like, channel like uh, channel 50 or whatever The kid. the greatest. And there's some fast running boobies running around on the TV
1: so. <laughs> One thing to consider in this game The Browns have actually scored more points Than the Bengals on the season so when you think about offensive points, they've they've got uh, they've scored more points. So the Browns have been in some games and they've actually done some things on offense. But as you guys mentioned, I think they they're they they've allowed they allow 400 yards a game. So they're gonna they're both everyone's gonna get theirs in this one.
3: Yeah, AJ Green. What about that wide receiver too? We finally saw Brandon LaFell sort of step out of uh, his shell, have just seven targets but catch two passes. But one of those is a touchdown. We saw Tyler Boyd have a bit of a breakout. Uh, so are all those guys, and is Tyler Eifert going to be back in the lineup? And if he is, do you have trust to play a Tyler Eifert?
2: Ugh. You know what? I, I I own him, and I also own Kobe Fleeter. So, Tyler Eifert. For me, it's I want to play Eifert when he's healthy.
3: And if he's going to play, I'll play him.
1: Is he practicing?
3: It's still one of those up in the that he might practice later in the week.
1: Where's K-Mills when we need him? We need to dial up and get K-Mills. And, but here's you know.
2: why I'm also so confident about it, because you have the other, outside of A.J. Green, you have really no distinction being made. You have Brandon LaFell, who scored the touchdown last week, but now as it looks like maybe Tyler Boyd is finally starting to be ready to take over that second role. Were you listening when I just said this? I know, I know. That's what <laughs> I'm trying to say, though. But, again, yeah, I'm backing you up with that. That's why I'm loving Ike for coming in as that awesome playmaker. Hello!
1: Echo! Hello, <laughs> <and> Echo! <hello. laughs> We've been told by some comment on the site that we sound like, go ahead. <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's go on to the next game, but before we do, let's hear a little word. Well, one quick question before we do that Is Perfect uh, gonna get suspended or no? He should. Guy, like that that guy's such a cock-knocker. But before we go to the next game, which is going to be the Redskins at the Lions, let's t- let's hear a little something from our sponsors. The Redskins are going to be at the Lions, and I'm just going to start this off by saying I'm frustrated by Cousins. Thank God I don't really have to be playing them at this point, and I'm pretty much I'm dropping Deshaun Jackson this week. I've, I've had enough.
3: Sure. But... The Detroit Lions allow the most no, fantasy points to, oh. oppose, to opposing, Two <laughs> opposing quarterbacks in the league. They're allowing more fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks than New Orleans did last season Ouch. in a in the worst defensive performance in history. When they gave up 46 touchdowns. So just we're telling you that it's bad if you wanna stream and play cousins. There is no better week to play Cousins. Remember
2: when I told you that the Bengals have given up 14 touchdowns, yeah. the Browns have given up 16 touchdowns? The Lions seventeen. Get...
4: 17. <laughs> Valverde. I'll smack you in the mouth. I'm Neil Diamond.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm drinking, just to give you guys a little Valverde background, I'm drinking myself a Firestone good uh, luponic distortion part of the revolving hop series and that's a firestone walker brewing company out of stag party right that's where you used to live right calistoga or whatever vallejo
3: california
1: yeah well it's from one of those spots calistoga but calistoga that's, that's a place i think <laughs> it's somewhere uh, but it's good times i really like to beer. at the beer before glory Alright, well, beer is going on, my tummy and it's glorious.
2: Well, I'm back to victory and the storm king because this is the last beautiful day of Chicago weather. It seems like we're gonna dip in uh, to dropping about 20 degrees by tomorrow, so.
1: What a few days it's been though. Just a great. Low I to look at the weather. <laughs> um, been so beautiful. 70s
2: some odd today and
1: now we're going to be in the 50s. What's the music you played at the beginning of the show?
2: Well I we'll wanted to keep it funky so you, when you want to keep it funky you got to go back to the old old uh, classics from New Orleans and that was Galactic. So nice. opened up with Funky Bird and as an homage to Deion Sanders we're going to close with Do Rag.
1: Nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, and then the last thing is uh, little give, give a little sound bite. What's uh, your so soundbite?
2: we have uh, Will Farrell, uh, who is basically going through quadri-polar disorder. <laughs> so he's either uh, James Lipton, George Bush, uh,
1: uh, Robert Goulet, or Neil Diamond. Can I ask you who is Robert Goulet again? I should know this. Robert Goulet. He was like the guy. Uh, he was like a Vegas guy. He okay. like, had like a lot of lounge type things. Yeah. Games okay. and, all right. All right. So that's a little background on what we're up to here in this, uh, on our way to heaven and this
3: seven. <laughs> so we're talking Kirk Cousins. Great week to play him. Potentially, this might not be the best game for Deshaun Jackson. though. Is he their best wide receiver? Does he see Darius Slay? Or does Darius Slay sort of stay on one side and take away whoever's on that side, whether it's Deshaun or potentially a Pierre Garçon? We know it's not going to be too much of Jameson Crowder. But I, I like all of their weapons this week in their own rights. I think they've all sort of got flex appeal just because we don't know who's going to be the real go-to target. And going with their go-to target – is Jordan Reed going to be back in the lineup? They say he's progressing along in the protocol. That doesn't mean anything. Right. So we might not hear anything on him until Friday and those final injury reports. Uh, so what do you got? They're going to be if, extra
1: if, careful with him.
3: If he's out,
1: I like
2: Crowder this week.
3: Yeah, that's a good If he's in, I don't like Crowder as much as That's fine. I, I mean, I agree with that. His, his snaps have slowly been decreasing. His targets have slowly been decreasing, even though he scored that touchdown last week. Just the, the, the other numbers aren't there to to match his fantasy performances no. over the last couple of weeks. He was
2: supposed to be more of
3: that PPR
2: type guy, but when you're getting three or four catches, and you're not getting 40 or 50 yards, no. You're Pierre Garcia. And his
1: touchdown two weeks ago it was on a punt return. Right. So he, he didn't not do every, Not every league yeah. gives credit for yeah. that. They didn't do anything through the air.
3: So what's... You know, if he's out, I think we saw pretty clearly that Vernon Davis is the guy that steps into his role. So if you're hurting a tight end as a Dwayne Allen owner or a Jordan Reed owner, Vernon Davis, if you're still out there on the waiver wire, he's a plug and play guy against Detroit, who is an absolute sieve against tight ends. they pretty much giving up touchdowns every week outside of one. So you could definitely play a Vernon Davis should Jordan Reed be out. Running backs. Did you, hold on, Good. you
1: see the Vernon Davis uh, message that he sent to the league? No. He tweeted out a message talking about he got fined for his basketball shot. Basically, he's like, um, I'm going to just let everyone know, the league know that that basketball shot is to honor the troops. Um, is that, am I now not allowed, you know, everyone's kneeling for the national anthem and all this stuff and not getting fined? My, my hoop is for the troops and all. It's like, basically, you can't find me anymore.
3: <laughs> so, I did a lot of scouting into celebrations this weekend, and it seems like I figured everything out. If you do anything above your head, it's a penalty. But if you keep it below your chest and you do dribble the basketball between the legs, that's not a penalty. You now, just, just some advanced analytics for you guys. What about, didn't, but didn't,
1: um, didn't a Brown in week one get as fine? Uh, for, for
3: twerking, that's a sexual act, I mean. When well, I'm doing anything below Lood the belt, and okay. lascivious act not allowed. Yeah, using the ball as a prop not allowed. Fun not allowed.
1: <laughs> and I posted a great and read a great article Bring art, back well, the frosty yeah, and
2: the fun bunch.
1: How the uh, league, the, league's in an all, the, the league's at an all-time low on how just the the, the the players, the fans, and everyone just just doesn't trust the league and doesn't trust Goodell. I have a feeling Goodell's got two Seasons left to be In the commissioner He's gonna be They're gonna to have To kick him out Or he's gonna to have To completely change His MO Think
2: about When's the last time You saw him Even speak this year
1: Yeah They
2: are keeping him away. They
1: are They are Alright let's, uh, let's go to the Line the side of the ball uh, I was at that Cubs game uh, The other night On Sunday night Where Kershaw was playing Quick tidbit You guys know Stafford and Kershaw Were best friends uh, Growing up As kids in California <laughs> That'd be pretty crazy if your best friend, you both were first overall picks in different sports. Pretty crazy. Jesus. Um, yeah, that's... let's go. Let's go on with Stafford. And are, are you checking out the Cubs game? Speaking of that, are you following along, or trying to stay away? A little bit. Okay. <laughs> I didn't Tivo it or anything, so if, if anything great happens, you're, you're welcome to, to to go on it. Should
3: we get a score update? It's one nothing in the fourth. Uh, bottom of the fourth. So. Ooh, Dodgers, is. my bad. Those pricks. All right, let's
1: go to the Lions. Let's talk some football. So,
3: Matthew Stafford, uh, interesting play against the Washington Redskins. They're just going to let him chuck it. The Redskins can absolutely be destroyed on the ground game. But looking at who they have on the ground, he, I don't think you could destroy with Zach Zetter. I don't think you could destroy... Dwayne Washington, unless he's fully back healthy. I don't think he could destroy with Justin Forrest said. And if Theo Riddick's back there, I still don't think he could destroy with that guy. I mean, just looking at how his skill set matches up against the Washington Redskins, he's not a great rusher. He's a great pass receiver. The Washington Redskins allow a ton of yardage to rushers, but not a lot of receptions and receiving yards to those pass catchers out of the backfield. So it just doesn't Unfortunately, we're wasting such a great matchup on a backfield we don't know enough about this week. So, if you're looking for one of those low-cost options in DFS, you know, do your research, find out who you think might be getting the most totes. There, he could be an interesting play for you. Do you see this being as a game
2: where Stafford kind of gets mucked up a bit, and that that you're, it's just or is this? One where Marvin Jones can actually exploit something? I don't think Marvin
3: Jones... Is he going to get the Josh Norman treatment? I think he would get the Josh Norman treatment. Everything we've seen so far this season, Marvin Jones is their number one wide receiver. If they're going to shut somebody down, I think you should shut down Marvin Jones. But I think Stafford just is good enough now and good enough at avoiding the turnover and and just using all of his weapons around him, that he's still going to have a very viable fantasy day. And I don't think it really matters who's out there for him. We saw complete passes to Andre Roberts. We saw Golden Tate have a huge game. I mean, everyone just got involved, and I think that can happen again. I look at this as a game where I think he has north of 40 pass attempts. not going to disagree with that. I mean, if they can get healthy enough at running back... I think they'll definitely use the running backs.
2: But... But I just see as I figure that they're not going to be able to pull away in this game. I figure that they're going to be playing from behind or they're going to be playing right with them. They're not going to be able to really establish a strong uh, ground attack and they're just going to be forced to, especially toward like the middle of the third quarter in the
3: end, pretty much just be going almost exclusively to the air. That's just sort of Detroit's MO though, but they just play with teams. They might win or lose late. They play very, very close football games pretty much at all times this season. So that's something I look for them to do as well. Eric Ebron probably still out another couple weeks. And with Ebron, brings no good tight end back up. Except for Anquan Bolton, except he doesn't count as a tight end in your league, unfortunately. Yeah, right. But, but he's the guy who's been getting, getting sort of the tight end treatment out there. So I, I like him. He's giving Anquan. you like the,
2: uh, the nice veteran uh, minimum. He's like, you know, he's giving you those, okay. Four forty four catches for 60, but then he'll bump up a 6 for 80. But he's been giving you touchdowns. He just looks in the red zone because Marvin Jones is a good red zone target, but Golden Tate has always been an eh, eh. Uh, Ebron has not been healthy enough to be able to to do
1: it. So here's Bolden who is the size of a tight end. Yeah, and and a guy can can (laughs) block out like the best of them. He's getting more snaps and opportunities. Even even in that game last week where Tate kind of had his coming out performance. Bolden getting more opportunities. Uh, you know, he, he just did a lot with the little. And Golden Tate's showing. And, uh, God, if you could just get the ball a little bit more on these dump offs his yak is still amongst the best of anyone in the league. He's, once he gets the ball in his hands, he's hard to bring down. Um, oh, one well, the guys, before we go on to the next one, I saw a guy wearing, playing catch uh, wearing an Ebron jersey the other day. He got hurt. <laughs> but I was walking by and I was like, Really? You're wearing an Ebron jersey?
2: I saw another jersey today. I saw a good one today. I was at uh, Elmer's Hospital making calls, and uh, a guy walks by in a New York
1: Giants jersey, 58. Lauren Saylor. That's 56. Oh, that's Carson. Carl Banks. Carl Banks. <laughs> Carl Banks. Yeah. Gary Carson
2: was, uh, he was 55 if I'm not
1: mistaken. Maybe, maybe, maybe. All right, let's go to the Raiders heading down to Jacksonville. Jack Del Rio going back to his old stomping grounds, got some, uh, some young quarterbacks uh, going to be on, on, on Crabtree and Cooper. What are your expectations? Let's start with the wide receivers and we well, can move Before we get to the wide
2: receivers, I heard Jack Del Rio is bringing a stump and an axe with him.
1: Scott, has got one to grind.
2: No, remember the, the, the punter who cut off his toe or whatever while he misswung the axe that they had for them to chop logs in the locker room when oh Jack Del Rio was coach? At, I, uh, I don't recall Jacksonville? Them. Yeah, I, that's I one of those practices that, okay, no more having a stump and an axe in the, in the, uh, in the, in the locker does room. Does that guy ever play again? Uh, I'll, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. While you, I'll give you the full info on
1: that. Let Stags and I will talk
3: about uh, Jalen Ramsey. Who's your garden? Is he going to be? Uh, is, I think is, you got to yeah. put him on the more dynamic player, and that's yeah. Amari Cooper. We saw Amari Cooper go off for what uh, nine catches and 109 yards in the first half. And then he just got a lot more attention. Uh, I think Jalen Ramsey has shown some pretty good signs this season he has been a very good player he hasn't been exactly locked down and he's committed some penalties but being a rookie cornerback I think if we're judging on that scale yeah, he's been very years. very very good so I think he gets Cooper you know their athleticism is you know pretty equal size speed sort of ratios they're very close athletic profiles uh so I think Michael Crabtree has the better matchup, and I think this is a game where a Michael Crabtree could have another better game because of the corner matchup. In addition to that, Clive Wolford got back, didn't do much. We saw a touchdown from Andre Holmes, a great diving catch. We saw a lot of Seth Roberts. So Seth like Roberts
1: it. is kind of an un, this unsung guy. Second season in a row. Remember, he was getting it done, scoring touchdowns last year, too. What's the story? Right, so you're you're happy. <laughs> this is hilarious. So, when rookie
2: coach, this is from ESPN article, when rookie coach Jack Del Rio placed a stump of oak and an axe in the Jacksonville Jaguars locker room a few weeks ago as a motivational technique, symbolic of his theme to keep chopping wood, it was viewed as a sophomore technique by some veterans. Now the move is likely to be regarded as a huge mistake. The Jaguars on Thursday lost Pro Bowl punter Chris Hansen for an undetermined amount of time. ESPN.com has learned that he will be sidelined four to six weeks and could well miss the balance of the season when the fourth-year veteran was accidentally gashed on his right, non-kicking foot while wielding the axe.
1: Good God. This sounds like something that we should have. uh, I'm not queued up into the audio, but um, it sounds like something that we should have from the superstars. Oh my God, that's terrible! All right, let's go back and talk about. We got the wide receivers covered. Stags, what's going? You want to talk about
3: Carr or go to the running backs? I mean, I like Carr against Jacksonville this week. We've seen quarterbacks have a lot of success against them. Through for three hundred. Hoyer threw for three hundred. Andrew Luck had a good game against them. There's plenty of times that quarterbacks have had success. And I think, also, playing against the quarterback sort of drafted before him, who a lot of these people compare, you know, why didn't they take Derek Carr? Why did they take Blake Bortles? Blah, blah, blah. I think I think Carr's going to play with an edge, and he always sort of seems to play with an edge. And potentially, I don't know what's going on with Latavius Murray's injury. So this could be another pass-happy attack. I just wanted to answer your question. Why did they take Blake Bortles over Derek Carr?
1: David Carr! All right, anyway. True. I think a lot, of, a lot of, a lot of, that's why the Texans didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Damn right. We, can't, most, we twice. can't go back and do this twice. Our fans won't
3: forgive us. I think you could have, and then you could have put them in the same number, and then everybody already has the jersey. That's perfect. <laughs> <All> <laughs> right. Right? Actually, that'd be bad because then they wouldn't get jersey sales. So I take yeah. it back. It's bad news. Ba- bad, bad, news bis- bad business. Bad business. But okay, let's hit this running back situation yeah. real quick. Gotta hear more on Latavius Murray. Haven't heard enough with, about that turf toe injury. If he misses another week, you know it's probably DeAndre Washington as the lead rusher, Jalen uh, Rashard as sort of their third down back. Uh, this is
1: where we cue in Houdini's uh, tirade about Latavius um, uh, Murray. Murray. <laughs> uh, it's already done. <laughs> I've, moved, I got, I've moved on in my life. I'm gonna edit that one in every show. Right when <laughs> to bring up his name, and be like. I just don't understand.
2: We saw it, that, one, that <laughs> one, and I'm going to put that and him next to my clown in the closet. There you go. <laughs> they can live You're together. Retired? Yes. <laughs> so let's, let's. But but they'll still scare me when I open the closet door. <laughs> let's flip
3: over to the Jacksonville
1: side. At least you haven't come out of the closets. So that's a good thing.
3: Stay uh-oh. in
4: the
1: closet.
3: <laughs> I'm trapped in a closet. <laughs> And nobody can
2: see
4: me. <laughs>
3: Jacksonville. Blake Portals. I like him going up against the Raiders, but I'm just not sold. Like, that, whatever magic he had going downfield just doesn't seem to be there this season. You know, his line's sort of atrocious again. Yeah.
2: Uh, so there's well, just a lot. How about the fact that the best value receiver out of all of, of Robinson, Hearns and Marquise Lee is Marquise Lee. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I, it I mean, I'm as far as,
2: like, for where it. you were basically undrafted and what you've actually given, like,
1: Hearns has been an absolute disaster. Robinson uh, should have caught a, a touchdown that turned into an interception. Yep. Yeah. Like, but he's see. just not
2: giving you any of the big splash games, really, either. And, you know, Brutal. I don't know. Is it more that Bortles is trying to be more than what he should be, where he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and spread the ball all over the place, where last year it was like, I'm just going to funnel the ball to Allen Robinson, and then when it's not there, I'm going to Allen Hurts. And that worked for him.
1: Well, the one thing we do know is the Raiders are a good time yes. for running backs and wide receivers. So if, you can't get, if they can't start getting it done and, and kickstart this offense and start uh, you know, delivering where fantasy owners thought that maybe they'd be getting points – off of their Bortles, off their Robinson, off of their running games, then they're going to be in
0: trouble all year. I'm just finding my groove. I'm getting my groove on. Let's <laughs> say.
4: Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> Getting
1: my groove on.
2: And so they, if they don't get their groove on against Oakland, you ain't getting the groove back.
1: Stella. Stella. Stella ain't getting it. Anything else to talk about with, um, with Thomas? Anything to talk about with the running game? Julius
3: Thomas, we just haven't really seen it from this season, but this is another good game against the Rangers. The matchup's there. Like, the matchup's all there for, you know, Burns and Robinson. I think you've got to play these guys if you need it, but you just got to expect less until we see more. The real question is, at running back, do you do anything there in another great matchup?
2: You know what? It's with all of them, right? They're all completely struggling. I just... Is Ivory not 100% back? They're still going on all, all this stuff on Yeldon. I i don't like what they're doing with that running game right now. I would tell you that if I have been playing a Julius Thomas for four out of seven weeks or five out of seven weeks, or you've been playing a Hearns every now and again, or you, if you don't play him this week, you're stupid. Or drop. Because, because, yeah, because, and then if they don't produce for you this week, then look to trade them or drop them or do whatever. And just get the headache off of your team and get it and get it somewhere else. If you can grab a camera Meredith instead, I'll drop a Hearns for a Meredith any day right now.
1: Sure. Absolutely. Alright, we good on this game? I'm good. Before we head down to Miami, who who have a visiting Bills uh, showing up there, see if they can keep their streak alive. Let's listen to this. Alright, the Bills are running high. Rex is actually keeping his mouth shut. Looks like the team is actually turning around and uh, delivering like they uh, we kind of thought they might be going into the season. They're going down to Miami. Let's start on the Bills' side of the ball. What do you guys think?
3: So this is a run game centric team. Lamar, er, not Lamar Miller, excuse me, LaShawn McCoy, who had a huge week against San Francisco. Should be able to go off against this Miami team again. I, I, I love LaShawn McCoy this week. I think he's an interesting sort of DFS play. Just if you own LaShawn McCoy, get him in your lineup. I think this is also an interesting game for Tyrod Taylor, who, you know, since having that clonker in week one, is averaging 19 fantasy points a game. So he's definitely getting it uh, going with his legs as well as with his arm. So there's pretty much no-name cast of bandits, including a cast-off, you know, Justin Hunter, who was just cast off from Miami. Yep. So, you know, revenge game factor narrative, everybody's favorite street to walk down. Uh, I, but he scored in two of the last, uh, last two weeks. Other than that, Robert Woods has sort of been getting it done slowly but steadily. 50, 60, 70, 80 yards, you know, pretty safe floor. And also scoring some touchdowns. Charles Clay's
2: giving Clay. you the same thing, 50, 60 yards after it being in, in a slump for a
1: couple weeks. You know what I like? When Miami's
2: a team to feast on though.
1: You know what I like when I see with them is uh, it seems like T-Mobile's really kind of channeling his inner Russell Wilson where he's getting it done by actually running. But he's really keeping the play alive, and when he's not doing that, it seems like they're getting the ball out of the, his hands fast. So it's like this perfect, uh, you know, duality and uh, yin and yang, where it's like he's taking snaps uh, whether it's under the center or um, you know in the in the shotgun, and he's either getting the ball out of his hands really fast, or it's almost like they're trying to let the defensive line kind of collapse around him and let him make some plays with his feet, whether he runs with it or buys time and makes a pass. So. I like what T Mobile. We thought after Week One wasn't going to get that 96 mil. T Mobile's playing like a guy that wants that wants to, and will get that 96 mil. Yeah,
3: he's transcending the talent around him on the outside. But yeah, we're talking about foreshadowing, picking guys up a couple weeks early. Uh, Justin Hunter could be one of those interesting options. Just, he's a former second round pick with all the talent in the world. Maybe now things will come together for him now that he's bounced around the league a little bit. But for teams struggling at wide receiver, I think you could do worse than gambling on a talented guy like him. Especially you when that you consider look, at
1: look, yeah, yeah.
3: and look at the fact of what they
2: don't have there. They don't have anyone that's a real playmaker out there without Sammy Watkins. Yeah. So why wouldn't you take a shot there? Because are they're, they're, that's one of those smart, calculated risks.
3: Yeah, I mean, if if you're stashing a guy like maybe a Kenneth Dixon, but you're deep at running back, you know that that's an interesting player. Stashing a second quarterback and your buys gone past. You know, make this pick for later in the year. It could pay off for you. Uh flipping over to the other side, I don't know. Uh, before we get to, to
2: Miami, I'm gonna take you to South Beach with Robert Gallet.
1: Still bust more or less, still bust hey the idea. Hey. Who the fuck
4: won what, baby? <laughs> Catch me in the South Beach, baby! Get on my lap <laughs> Bitch on my back Yak in my pocket
1: Smoking that sticky chocolate <laughs> yeah. God. I'm trying to picture this effort uh, Alright, what do we got? Let's talk about the Dolphins
3: I mean, Ryan Tannehill Is probably In great matchups, he's struggling and good matchups, he's playing alright So when it gets time I mean, let's not talk about Ryan Tannehill. Let's talk about the transcendent breakout star of the week, and Jay Ajay, who rushed all over, you know, 200 yards plus two touchdowns. I that. Late, t- late touchdown run that was excellent, and just finding gaps, running with power, you know, just doing everything you wanted to see. Waits until Arian Foster
2: comes back. And then decides to pull this one out of his ass.
3: Yeah, that was What does this mean for Foster? I mean... Not good? I think Foster could take a back seat to where he's more of a third down change of pace back. Uh, They're using Damien Williams at sort of fullback here and there, and they're also sort of running those fullback dives, especially when they get deep in the red zone. So that's a little bit concerning about J.H.I.'s overall touchdown production. But I guess the real question, a lot of questions we've been having... Is J.H.I. worth a number one waiver priority pickup? You know, yeah. Bucket. I mean, it's it's risky. It's risky it, because it could blow up in your face. But after a two hundred yard game, I mean, you got to give it a little bit of. would expect take,
4: that again. You but know what?
3: To it, me, I'm, I'm more beautiful. I, I, I think
2: I wouldn't do it. I, wouldn't. I would I would hold my waiver priority, or I would let. Someone else wasted on him, and I'm gonna and I would find. I think there's gonna be somebody else that you can grab. I think there's gonna be a bunch of running backs, especially like look. look how late it was last year when Tim Hightower came on the scene. Look how late it was when but Chris Johnson. You hit, he like, you're, you're yeah, a lot of, no, no, but there's there's just it just the the nature of that position creates that was like injuries 13, and creates.
1: Opportunities. Well, I'm. I so you're picking people up always every uh, week after the waiver wire passes through, I and mean, you might not be getting anything then for the next. No, time no, I'm work. not
2: saying that. I'm saying, but you know what? If Cameron Meredith's out there, I, used I the, would use
1: the number one on Cameron Meredith two weeks ago.
2: Right, I would be more willing to use it on a guy like him than That's I would a Jai the, because there's not any more competition coming to Cameron Meredith. There is competition for a Jai. It's called Arian Foster. You know? Arian Foster just had his first game back. What happens if a Jai goes out and he fumbles in his. What b- if
3: Arian Foster's just
2: done? Well, yeah, it could be 100% I mean, true, too. But, but at the same time, what has a Jai done before
3: this game that warranted anything? I mean, he's averaged. enough for me to be like, oh, I'm going to draft, pick him up, and start him. Before that, he's been averaging, you know, four and a half, five yards a carry, scoring touchdowns, just hasn't been getting a workload. Now he got a workload. Like, So we've seen signs that Jay Jai is a good player. Now he got the workload. And I, there's no, you're, you're no, no you're I, right here. No, but maybe they, maybe
1: also, it feels like Gates has been, looked. You know, it's like the U2 song. Still haven't found what I'm looking for. Finally, he's starting to see. Wait, hold on. This is finally something that resembles a, uh, an attack that, that could work. Then maybe they keep riding and feeding that. Beast. Are you sure that's what he's seeing, or maybe he's seeing? You know what? Uh, I still haven't found what I'm looking for
2: in Tannehill, so I'm going to do the thing that, that we did in Chicago, to in order to protect Cutler. We're going to make him hand the ball off a lot, yeah, which helps. You, that of that. It, but look, yeah, but, that helps. But that will be that would be a first because remember, now he wasn't there last year, but like that was the whole problem with Lamar Miller when he was there. Why well, wouldn't we just commit to giving him the damn football? So it, it's taken until now that they're finally saying, okay, we're going to give the football to someone now.
1: I like taking the risk on a shot. Is this the We're matchup
2: that gonna think it's going to be great against this Bills defense? I, you know, no, it's I don't not think great,
3: so. but they're at home. And, you know, they're not. The Buffalo Bills have been great against opposing quarterbacks and great against opposing pass games. So I think if you need to get it done, you got to get it done against sort of on the ground. We, I mean, Pittsburgh was real tough against opposing running backs coming in and tough on the ground game. And they just destroyed. Remember, last week, they destroyed this offensive line, cut three players, and rebuilt it in a week. It, it was a totally new, fresh slated offensive line, and it worked. So, You're fired. I mean, everybody got fired, and they replaced them, and it worked. Uh, so... Saying that they won't get it done against uh, Buffalo is good. I mean, I still think you don't you don't start Ajay as a running back one and he's gonna be the no, guy. I'm out not of saying him. that I'm not saying that either but flex play next week, running back two, definitely like I think you pick up a Jai with your number one waiver priority, you'll eventually work your way back up there, right? You'll just have to play it smart, yeah, wait for free agency and some other times. I just don't know if there's another. Like, we're looking at all these situations around the NFL. If a guy like LaShawn McCoy goes out, are they giving it all to Mike Gillisley, or are they going to go with a RBBC sort of committee where they sign Carlos Williams off the Steelers practice squad and then they go Gillisley and Carlos Williams? I mean, we can look at every situation around the league, and they might all be RBBCs. But now this guy got 27 carries to where you have to think about it.
1: But the one thing I'll say, and you know, these numbers, are, you, can, you, can, you can paint a number to tell whatever story you want in a lot of ways, but J.J. Jai, on uh, only 56 rushing attempts, uh, he's got more fantasy points than Jordan Howard, Mark Ingram, and Jeremy Hill in the same amount of games. Uh, now, Jeremy Hill's got, in, in one less than Jeremy Hill, actually, uh, more than Matthews, uh, so when you when you're looking at those kind are of you numbers, at,
2: do you see his like weekly production? Where you're looking
1: at uh, points per game for a Jai would be. Uh, no, I, don't want, I don't
2: want points per game. I want
1: to know like what his points are for the break up. Yeah, He's got eight, because eight points,
2: right? Because I, you split? know, with that 200 game, it's the same reason when we talk about like, oh, well, look yeah, at yeah. this
1: guy; it's all from
2: one game. So it's like, what kind of production is he really giving you? Remember, outside? he
3: sat out week one, because, or they sat him out week one. But in week one, he got four catches for 31 yards uh, and five carries. So two and a half fantasy points after he fumbled. Then seven for 28 and a touchdown in that week three Cleveland where he scored that overtime touchdown. Six for 33 against Cincinnati, adding catches. Then last week uh, against Tennessee, he had 13 for 42, scored another touchdown. This is a guy that's got four touchdowns on the season already. It's not all just... Uh, coming in one game, but then the very tw- helpful.
1: A 200 yard game helps out the yeah. yards. Well, but
3: but when you look at what you're talking about and you
2: listen to what his yards per carry was, and it's you're pretty gonna, good. You're going to tout the overall yards per carry. But That
3: becomes 25 carries for 204. No, I touted that he was four four yards per carry, five point five yards per carry, and three point two. The three point two wasn't great, but every other week he's been between four and four and a half yards per carry, which is above the league I, average. I, can, can, it, I say, uh, can I say something? He's been hot ever since I sang. To
1: shy-shy, hush, hush, jay, jay. To shy, shy. <laughs> Ever since I sang that, he went on a run. So we'll let it be known, it started here. <laughs>
2: well, let's let's, let's, let's talk about away. the other players. But before we get to the other players, let me let me have my Valverde and my uh, my my soundbite will say how I why I feel the way I do about it. hush, hush, jay, jay. Val- Val- this next
4: song you all might like few people know that I'm fueled creatively by my massive hatred of immigrants. (laughs) Gary and I have gone on for hours about how much we hate foreigners.
1: Right, Gary? Leave me out of this, man. No, I will leave you in! (laughs) I don't hate immigrants. I just hate a (laughs) job. Leave me out of it, man. Leave me out of this, man. Leave you in. Alright, do we want to talk about uh, the wide receiver? This whole team bothers me a little bit. I've had to start Parker, and it's a nightmare.
3: Yeah, Parker, you know, since his sort of early season week two blow up, he's, he's been less than stellar, but he's still getting targets and getting end zone targets and getting all the things you want to see. So I think he's got an interesting value. But he's more of a guy I'm waiting to see on my bench than playing. <laughs> Jarvis Landry, you know, target monster. Other than that, you know, their tight ends are Trash. Trash. Uh, I think Marquise scored Ray. Got some, got some play and had like 82 yards on three qu- catches. So, But definitely not anybody to pay attention to in fantasy. Kenny's kind of still playing a lot of staff, but just not getting targets. Let's flip over to the other side.
1: Let's flip over to the next game. Yeah, 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 the next let's, game. let's be done with that Ravens one. Ravens at Jets. feel like we stayed too long in that game anyway. We talked about a Jai. Usually little... we're, when we're talking about JJ's, we t- like to talk about that kind of stuff. Not the JJ's though. The JJ's, the rays. Oh, you, you, you mean? I can't quite remember
4: how that one goes. Uh, I I gotta admit I'm a little high. <laughs> <laughs> Kitty over here gave me some dynamite pills. Hey, come on, J-J. man. Hey, Kula. Cool
3: <laughs> JJ gave me some dynamite pills. Hey, Kula. Cool I can believe a guy with. Dreadlocks that are dyed blonde would sell pills. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, hey,
1: I wish I had hair. I wouldn't have the same hair. <laughs> Race. Maybe,
2: maybe you can in a week for Halloween.
1: Yeah, I'm supposed to go to a Halloween party this weekend, but that's another thing. Uh, this I'll, weekend? Yeah, there's, and then, yeah. Screw one, you.
2: What yeah. are you doing yeah, next weekend?
1: The weekend after. my party. I, mean, <laughs> I got the invite. Um, okay, no raiding. Walking
2: around town dressed up in a costume.
1: Flacco. Um, and let's talk about this team. The running back situation. West seems to be making it. Is Dixon the other It's
3: just Terrence West. You gotta uh, like it. I mean, he's scoring touchdowns. He's catching the ball. He's pass protecting. He's doing everything you want. And apparently, if you don't get Terrence West the ball, you get fired. So it's probably a good thing for your job security. Get the guy the ball until he does something to disprove that trust that they have in him. Hundred percent. I mean, look.
2: Nobody else is getting it done. there. They're giving him the volume of touches. That's what you want. And that was another guy that you could running back. You could pick him up a waiver wire a couple weeks ago. So I can't J.H.I. be the thing. He might be. I listen, I'm fueled by hatred. Not of immigrants, but just
3: by hatred.
1: Hey, leave me out of it, man. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Right.
3: But uh, the rest of these players, I, I, th- I don't think you should worry about anybody else in the backfield. If you want to hold Dixon, I understand you're, you're – inkling to do so. We're just, the three of us have never been as high on Dixon as everybody else in fantasy football. So we're not saying that Dixon's a must-hold. and We never said that Dixon's a guy you have to pick up. I mean, he was an interesting pickup when we didn't know whose job it'll be, but now that we have more clarity, Terrence West looks to be the guy, and you can't avoid that uh, in fantasy football. Now, how, how about the matchup this week? I like this as a Mike Wallace week. Yeah, deep speed. Deep
2: speed against this I'll a, a weak-ass secondary that, the, that the, the the Jets
3: are throwing out there right now. I also like it as a Brashad Perriman week who Doing got a lot of stake. work. Yep. Uh, Kamar Aiken did a lot of the underneath stuff in, uh, in the absence of Steve Smith, so we'll see if Smithy Smitty can get back out there. I think he can, but maybe they hold him out another week. Kamar is an adequate enough replacement. Uh but yeah, I think both those two big wide receivers on the outside with speed are interesting plays. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know if I trust Joe Flacco on the road to throw a bunch of touchdowns. I he's mean, another, guy, the he's another
2: guy like Drew Brees.
3: The home road splits are atrocious. Atrocious. I just think Joe Flacco's not very good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sure paid like he you is. You know what,
2: though? But the other thing, too, is he doesn't have any real... Amazing weapons around him. He's got a... He I mean, really, doesn't have a true number one, but he's got depth. He's got depth, but he's got, like, a whole bunch of number threes. That's fine. I know. But I've seen eight, guys... And eight. with Terrence West. It's, I mean, you're not... This is not like he's, he's sitting there where he has a young Ray Rice, and he's got a younger Tory Smith
3: with a younger Anquan Bolden and he has... Weapons. He doesn't have weapons. It just doesn't seem like they can have a play. They don't have a player, just a true playmaker, no, who can make things happen on his own that makes defenses adjust to that player. They don't have that. Let's
1: move on to the Jets. This would be another quick one. Go, uh, yeah, I like. I like <sighs> is it Geno this
2: week now? No, okay. they
1: already, they already, they already. He said that they're going with Fitzpatrick again. I don't know. They want to trade Fitzpatrick's what they want to do.
2: Uh oh, I don't my think God, they want to trade him, but they can't they have to keep playing him and they keep keeps playing worse. Well who are they Patrick. gonna trade him to? Who's gonna yeah. buy Fitzpatrick? Uh Pittsburgh would buy him for three wins no. until Roethlisberger comes back. No, they Roethlisberger
1: don't. would be back after the bye week, the way Maybe. he does it. Well let's go let's talk about let's talk about the Jets. I read that Fitzpatrick still has the nod. still has bowls. I wouldn't say confidence, but he still has bowls. Yeah, he, he's, he's, he's got big bowls. He's got. He's, he's, oh, I saw a good one. He's giving fans bowel movements.
3: Speaking about bowls, yes. I saw a good one. This, it's like a, a GIF or a meme of, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick at Harvard. And it's basically a picture of how high. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> what
2: I think of, it, maybe you'll remember D remember Taxi? Yes. Remember Jim Ignatowski at Harvard was like the smartest guy in the world. And then he ate a pop brownie.
1: And are you turning to Jim? I don't remember that. Oh, but.
2: my God. That was one of the most classic episodes. He was, like, the smartest guy in the world. And the guy who became, like, you know, sleeping in the taxi cabs. drunk Jim, Jim, what does the yellow light mean? Slow down. What does... Anyway.
1: <laughs> oh my Come on, Taxi These was a victories. great show. These victories are Taxi nice. was
2: an amazing show, are you kidding me?
1: These <laughs> victories are unbelievable, dude. They Danny they, uh, they just Danny seep, in, DeVito, they seep into your blood more than any they other the beer best. you drink, that's for sure.
3: The best. <laughs> so hitting up the rest of the Jets, you know, a tough run game, uh sort of for the Jets. They haven't been able to get much done the last couple weeks. Baltimore is very good against the run again, so it's gonna have to be another aerial attack. Uh, Baltimore, their defense has just gotten back together with a little bit of health, and Eric Weddle sort of solidifying that back end, You know, making the calls, making adjustments, and, and it just looks a lot better. But yeah, I think you play your Brandon Marshall, Quincy and England is sort of an interesting wide receiver three flex play. Other than that, you avoid the game. I mean, Ball Powell maybe, but he's more of a you know, maybe it's going to get you eight to ten points in PPR rather than something else.
2: Yeah, it's yeah, pretty. Yeah. On, it's
3: pretty. It's pretty
2: on the low end for
1: for high end performances. Let's move t- before we move on to the first. <laughs> you like that? Before we go to the first game of the afternoon games, of which we only have three. Boo! Uh, but we will go. Let's listen to these guys sling some product to help us support the show. All right, we got the Buccaneers are going to be at Levi's Stadium. Let's start with the Buccaneers. <sighs> Man, I had. Uh, they, they're coming off a bye week. Uh, so let's see if they can kind of muster some mojo and get it back rolling. Dougie Fresh is back,
3: right? No, he's Doug, not. Dougie Fresh has not
1: practiced all week. Uh, We've got him ranked third at running backs. So we might have to think about
3: that pretty, pretty <laughs> quickly. I mean,. I got some time until Sunday. That's right, right. you do, you do.
1: So he has not practiced. I thought he was coming back.
3: I mean the thing is, they seemingly came off the bye week more injured than they went into the bye week with. You know, Martin's not back practicing. Vincent Jackson's on IR. But they've got some reinforcements coming back. Lewis Murphy has started doing a little bit of practice work off the pup list. Woo! Lewis Murphy, how exciting. Yeah, I mean they got to throw somebody else besides uh, Mike Evans. So, but uh, they're gonna throw a lot to Mike Evans though. Also, Humphries is healthy still. But this is also one of the. I just want to. Can I just finish the injuries? Okay, injuries. So Cecil Shorts also coming back off his injuries, and you know these guys are all getting a little bit healthier at wide receivers. The depth is more apparent there than it was. Uh, Cameron rate's healthy but yeah Vincent Jackson you know, on the IR gone for the season Doug Martin the big one it would be Jaquiz Rogers in his stead but this is what's this is what's troubling right because this is another game where the great matchup
2: is for the running back mm-hmm. and if it's no Doug Martin and it's Jaquiz Rogers, you can feel good about the performance that he gave you uh, against Carolina but not to the point where you can just be like oh my god I'm going to have the game when you look for like certain players and you get that like a Doug Martin, this would be a game that you would have circled like hello, look what Ezekiel Elliott did, look at all the Christine Michael did. You can the feast here. Did. Yes. Everyone's eating them alive. So now is it
3: I'm playing Jaquiz I'm Rogers. Playing Jaquiz
1: two weeks ago we had a huge game, and, I'm
3: playing Jaquiz Rogers like we're talking to the beat reporter on Twitter from the box, he said it's Jaquiz and nobody else. Like there's nothing else. They just signed Anton Smith, formerly of the Bears, formerly of the Falcons, who's a guy who can make some plays in limited touches. He's probably one of the best change of pace backs in the league. He just doesn't do anything else well.
2: He was the guy, was it, was it two years ago? Well, like four years ago. The there was, where it was like where it was like two games. Five where touchdowns, had like,
1: five touchdowns. Right. Five, five, carries, five, years. <laughs> yeah. five touchdowns.
2: And it was like blow-up city. Everyone was trying to jump out of this guy, but he could never handle any type of a workload whatsoever.
1: Yeah, maybe. In Case in point to what he said. I know, right? Check in the quiz show. Which is crazy because the quiz was right.
2: a guy that couldn't handle the workload either for
3: the, uh, the entire of his nice. career
2: before, before that game. Crazy. Yeah,
3: except for in NCAA. <laughs> he was yeah, a monster at yeah. college. Yeah, but college is, you're playing yeah. against
2: also Rams all the time. Well, let's talk
1: about, let's talk about, Mike Evans. About great, uh, Evans, you know, you're, you're starting the guy, yeah. was, you know, is, is he going to have a, have a good week? or should we go have into Winston? great week. I He'll mean. get
2: 20 targets and catch 12 of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that high. Yeah, we'll yeah, okay. be good.
1: Please. Um, Wilson, um, not Wilson, uh,
3: Winston, you, uh, Interesting play against San Francisco as well, you know, streaming back-end quarterback, which he seems to be every week. And even if they were to somehow get down to San Francisco, he'd still throw in a ton to keep up. <laughs> it, it is amazing
2: because what he gives you is if you're in one of those leagues that uh, you're not as hurt by uh, the interceptions because it's more of a yardage league, and like if you're in one for a point for every 20 yards passing, he becomes huge. Because he's always giving you the damn yards, and he's just giving you
1: the frustration of like two to three interceptions uh, to go with a couple touchdowns. Let's go to the other side. Chip Kelly sticking with uh, Colin Kaepernick, and you know, curly. Sometimes it's curly. uh, You know, some there was GMs that, and there were people reviewing the first opening game of, of Kaepernick and just saying how bad he looks and how. He's was, done, and how... Yeah. Wasn't
2: that a setup for failure, though, for him? Oh, we'll start you, we'll put you up against Buffalo's defense first. On the road. On the road. East
3: Coast. Travel. I mean, yeah. But it was such a dick move, basically, seeing like. With a ton of wind. Uh, yeah, I mean, things didn't exactly line up great for Colin Kaepernick. But if you're a fantasy owner, he still gave you, what, 18, 19 fantasy points, and you're not complaining. Let's Remember that he's not going to be the most accurate quarterback, so you can't watch him play. But you look (laughs) at his fantasy stat line, and it's pretty good at the end of the day. He's going to get you 18 points because he's going to run for 60 or 70 or 80 yards in this offense. I think in this game,
2: he's easily a 70-yard runner, if not more against this Tampa Bay defense. And it's one of those things I think that's kinda where he'll he'll make some hay this week, especially though, is on the ground and I can see him easily getting at least one rushing touchdown against this team, if not two. Maybe. I I don't look at look, if you're in a league that like I have another league that's a combined yardage league, so you don't get the benefit of those rushing yards, he's shit. Because he's never gonna give you the three hundred and fifty where you're gonna hit the bonuses at three hundred and all this other stuff. He's just not. So, but if you're in a league where you get those benefits and if you're, or you're in a league where, um, again, it's rushing yards for
3: everything, he can give you, on rushing alone, 11 points a week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he gives you a nice safe floor because of his rushing. Carlos Hyde left last week's game with an injury, came back in. sounds like he's going to be all right. Uh, but this is a great matchup for Carlos Hyde. I think if you've been playing him all season, you should stick with him this week going up against Tampa Bay. Uh, other than that, I, I, we didn't see that connection with Curley that we wanted to no. see in the first week. We saw him go to more Torrey Smith, take shots down the field. I think that's something that could continue. I mean, Torrey Smith's sort of a Kaepernick-type receiver. He likes to take shots when he's not running. Uh, so, oh my
2: God, that could be frustrating for you as an owner of Torrey Smith yeah. if you decide to do it. But I, I just dropped him in
1: the league because I,
2: I just didn't want to deal with
1: it. I've flat out never owned that guy in any fantasy football league in my life, I'm happy to say. He just doesn't have that kind of game that I like. Um, can we move on to anything else? Just, you just say? Vance, Vance, McDonald's, McDonald's.
3: Vance yeah. McDonald gets pushed down a little bit because of Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick doesn't love to use that tight end position. We saw him sort of flame out. Uh, Vernon Davis's career. Yeah, that's about it.
1: All right. Well, let's um, let's head over to the Chargers. Um, heading to the Falcons. Uh, you know, kind of a battle of two guys, the quarterback Rivers and Ryan, that are posting some uh, some, some, some similar types of uh, numbers. Two guys Obviously. that
2: were probably like. Uh, Either in the teams for sure, preseason quarterback rankings, yeah. and have uh, definitely outperformed their uh, initial uh, projections.
1: Absolutely. Let's uh, let's quickly look at what those where those standings are right now. You've got uh, Matt Ryan is number one at quarterback. <laughs> oh, there you go. And, uh-huh. that'll, that'll, that'll. and Rivers is eight. There's two so, top teners. Jesus. Um, yeah, Ryan uh, leads the league in in touchdown passes with fifteen. And then you got Rivers. has got twelve. So they're and both sitting with three interceptions. Uh, I think, that, and they're right, right around the same amount of attempts. So
2: let's let's start with the similar Let's, let's, let's start with the Rivers and the, and the, and the uh, Chargers. You got a, you got a, a Falcons defense that you know while they're winning all these games, yeah. they're
1: not that yeah. great. No, they're not. You
2: good. know, you know, when we talked again about uh, all those touchdowns that were being allowed. We had Cincinnati, Cleveland, and uh, Detroit. And yeah. Detroit. Well. The team that was tied with them with fourteen <laughs> touchdowns given up through the air—that's the Atlanta Falcons. Jesus. So when you when you're looking at a Philip Rivers here, and with with the weapons that he's got, the Tyrell yeah. Williams, the guy that we really like, Hunter Henry, um, you got Travis Benjamin, you, you got a Don Charles Inman. In this matchup, I I like the Tyrell Williams. I like the Travis Benjamin. I like the Hunter Henry. I'm, Inman, I, I'm, I don't I don't care to deal with it all. You gotta figure that Atlanta's gonna pour it on them as well. This
1: is gonna be one of those kind of like
2: shootout type games. San Diego has been playing these games all year long.
1: Every game's a shootout for both of these teams. It's really. crazy,
2: and they're but they give you. I've been. That's been par, probably why I've had such early success in DFS leagues. I've been playing a lot of like just the afternoon only games, and I'm always playing like Rivers and Melvin
1: Gordon and uh, uh, Travis Benjamin or, or
2: Tyrell Williams and
1: Hitton. Well, the one thing I'll say from last week's game is the San Diego Chargers color rush jerseys were the dopest. They were great. Were both we didn't even get to really watch much of the game. Me and Houdini went to go see Black Rebel Motorcycle Club and Death from Above 1979 over at the House Blues. That was good to throw back some Valve there and Indeed. see some music long overdue. Uh, so we didn't get to watch much of it. But those unis that they had on were just so sick. One
2: comment, because I said, I go, I wish it would have been all powder blue.
1: But that damn uh, little darker blue was, was pretty damn fucking sweet. It was pretty sweet. One Food for thought on the Travis uh, Benjamin side. Do you guys know that he has as many catches this year at 31 as Julio Jones? As, isn't that I crazy? do now. Isn't yeah, you do now. <laughs> isn't that crazy? Julio Jones is the number one uh, wide receiver in fantasy football so far this year because he had that explode, huge game. He's actually putting up some TDs. He's only got four, but He's got they got the same amount of reception. So Travis Benjamin doing getting more done than you would have than you would have actually thought sitting in well, there.
3: What we said about Travis Benjamin as soon as Keenan Allen went down is he moved into Keenan Allen's role as the receiver who's gonna get a lot of targets in short area and be asked to do it after the catch. So He's the guy who was the replacement. Tyrell Williams went out and replaced him Mm -hmm. as the field stretcher. He's done a great job. That guy's exciting to watch. Loves running that deep crossing pattern. It's been excellent. But the problem is with Don Charles Inman and sort of Travis Benjamin, they've been going with Tyrell Williams as their lone wide receiver and going a lot of two running back and two tight end sets, especially with the emergence of Hunter Henry. And they did that a lot against Denver because they couldn't cover tight ends. So I think that's something we could see against Atlanta here this week because they also struggled to cover tight ends. Hunter Henry, I love this week. You know the the things he's doing as a rookie quarter, uh, rookie tight end, blowing stereotypes away. uh, 60 yards in four straight games. The the rookie record for number of 60 yard games is six. Wow! You remember who set that? Who
1: had that original record? Probably like Shocky. Oh, Shocky. yeah. I had him in his rookie year. He was great. He was awesome. Um, Quick quick fall off the cliff, but he was awesome in his rookie year with the Giants. Right now, you tweeted out earlier today, Hunter Henry is third, is the third tight end, third-ranked tight end in in fantasy football. That
2: just goes to your point that you mentioned earlier in the podcast that you have two guys that are producing and then it's everybody else. Especially when a rookie can come in and be number three. The thing
3: is... They're also using him like we wish they would have used Green for years. But he's Using he's, him as the field stretcher. He's averaging 16.5 yards per catch. They're using him vertically down the field. They're getting him involved in space, and they're just doing different things with him. That's excellent. Can I just say this though, too,
2: because we're in this game, and as a way we can kind of transition over to the other side? Because while I'm impressed with the two top tight ends from this rookie class. Austin Hooper is another one. You know, and again, a field stretching type of a guy that they're using in in that regard. Now I think that just as far as situationally, there's no doubt that Hunter Henry's situation right now is a million times better with Antonio Gates still there to kind of help him learn things, but not nearly the player that he was a couple years ago or even last year. And then you have a guy in Phillip Rivers who is fantastic at that leading receivers. He it may be one of the best with the ugliest arm action that you've ever seen, <laughs> but my God, the way that he always hits the receivers in stride, and they like never seem to have to ever kind of slow down I and agree. come back to the ball. It's ridiculous.
1: I agree. Remember one thing with Hunter Henry also. One of these available still grab him. Probably unlikely at this point. He was more of a pickup about three weeks ago. But he was, the in this year's draft, he was the 36th overall pick. So this isn't a guy, like, he was the fourth pick in the second round. This is a guy, remember, sorry, this is a was guy. First round uh, talk. He, he was a first rounder. Remember last year when he was playing when he was in Arkansas? This guy, they were like, this guy might be the best tight end to come out in a long time. Slip to the early second round, we're seeing this guy's the real deal.
2: Yeah, definitely. And, and again, talk about perfect place to go with an offense that highlights a tight end and has a quarterback that's been throwing you one prolifically
3: for the last decade. And yep. Let's talk a little dynasty talk with Antio- Antonio Gates sort of riding off into the sunset. How many more tight ends in the league do you want than Hunter Henry? Is it just Gronk? Is is there another guy you want more in dynasty than him? Maybe a Jordan Reed? But, you know, Reed's Not over. More, but
2: he's got the injury bug attached to him, yeah. and it's hit him already again this he's year. On 26. Hunter Henry is probably that guy... That no, he's he's that that covet guy that I, I can have a tight end. And I don't have to deal with it for the next three three years while Philip Rivers is still there.
3: He, yeah, at least right. Like he's he's locked him for the next three years. Dynasty. Are we talking about dynasty? Dynasty. I'm going on Jason Witten. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm
2: not. I don't even, We're not talking about the Ming dynasty. We're
3: talking about a new dynasty.
1: <laughs> All right.
3: Nice, nice. Melvin Gordon. Good play against this Atlanta Falcons defense. They give up touchdowns to running backs. They have all of last season. They just don't seem to be able to keep up. Melvin Gordon is getting a lot of red zone work. I pretty much like every player in this game. I, I really do, too. This is Again,
2: you talk about stacking games. This is your stacking game. Again, I want, go to your stat. What's the over-under uh, for, for points? in this one, it's got to be like 53 or 54.
1: 53. 53. I, I Atlanta's know. favored by six, 53, saying, uh, they, they, you know, they're basically saying 28 to 23 games with big And you got to
2: like it too, because this is again, you got Atlanta now back at home after they just had that ridiculous stretch that they had, had to go play at Denver, had to go play at Seattle, now they get to come home.
1: Yeah, and they, they're they playing, uh, after after winning all those games, and they, they they lost last week, but I, I, I'm not gonna call it but BS. But they were right there with the play. They almost beat Seattle, and it was it was a great run where they got to be sitting pretty going into the
0: next. Batch yeah, that
3: games. was a great second half. They really struggled in the first half. Yeah, like but, but Julio got it going against Richard Sherman. Sure did. He's definitely Seattle looked better in that
1: defensively in that game than they have all season.
3: And Mel,
1: this first song.
4: And of course, Sweet Caroline. I wrote that song after a big show at the Forum. Gary and I had been drinking pretty heavily and we were driving. Oh, I can't believe you're gonna tell this story. (laughs) Yeah, well, we were driving down this dark road and I hit a kid. So we got out and sure enough, he was dead. So we just took off pretty fast. And two hours later, I wrote Sweet Caroline. And leave this, man. <laughs> that, is, that,
1: that is the most, <laughs> most crazy thing ever. Oh my god, that is great. Oh god. <laughs> and we and we a really kid. And he killed him. Neil Diamond. Oh Hold my up. god. I've seen Neil Diamond a lot. This is a quick show, and I know I've said it on the podcast before, uh, but when saw Neil Diamond, probably in the late '90s at the United Center, or maybe it was uh, at that point, maybe it was Chicago State. I think it was United Center, and I had like total nosebleed seats. I'll make the story quick because Dag's already starting to play with his hair. Basically, about through the second set, it started smelling like diapers. Remember, I told you this guy's the story on the show. I don't remember. Basically, at the at the uh, Diamond, Neil Diamond show, depends action was in full effect, dude. People were shitting in their pants, and in my in my section, dude, me and my friend were like, "Does it smell like diapers?" Looking around, obviously, no kids are at the show. We're like, "Oh my god, we were in such a we we're the youngest people at the show. This is no. forever." I was young then, <laughs> and, and then we were looking around like. Oh my god, someone in our vicinity, shitting their depends. I think so that's... the rest of the fucking show we smell diaper boo smell. I think what you got was.
4: This next song I wrote after I killed a drifter to get an erection. <laughs> Forever in blue jeans. Where you going, dude? I think what
2: happened was those people were forever in their blue jeans and you were smelling their their shit streaks for the last
1: 20 years. I'll never never forget it. I'll never forget it. (laughs) Depends. People shitting. I was like, I'm in a geriatric show. God bless it. Uh, Let's go on to... um,
3: Wrapping wrapping up Atlanta?
4: Yeah, Yeah, let's let's
3: wrap Atlanta pretty much play Devonta Freeman. Oh, I think you can also play Tevin Coleman against oh, the San day. Diego team. I think you can definitely play Julio Jones. He's probably the number one wide receiver this week. Uh, especially with, you know, injuries we'll talk about later. Uh, other than that, you know, Jacob Tammy. I'm not really interested, but as a tight end two, you know, maybe back end tight end one. Could, some things could happen. I think I, maybe even Mohamed I, I, I The whole... The tight end thing there, because
2: of the th- way that I see what Austin Hooper is starting to do in this offense, though. Austin Hooper has
3: six targets on the season.
2: I know, That's but <laughs> they are deep one, targets, and he's getting he's getting one a week and, and one target a week. Listen, listen, because you bring a rookie on slower. I'm just telling you. So he gets two targets this, this week. <laughs> I say, All right, I'll, I'll throw a bet out there. I'll make a five dollar bet with you right now. He gets more than three catches this week.
1: I like it. Sure. All sure. right. There you go. Well, his, the guy who's ahead of him on the depth chart, Tammy, only has less than eight points more than him, so he's doing he's doing more with, with less. There it was on.
3: all one play.
1: <laughs> let's move on. Let's move Three on. Three catches this week. Three catches. Julio, the Sphinx. You're playing him. Uh, you're playing the running backs, obviously. Both those running backs are top ten. Uh, you're playing Ryan. You're playing them all, so let's move on. Yep. All right, Al. Wow, this is gonna be—it's gonna be a surprisingly short show for us. It's kind of a nice change of pace. I'll be in bed before one o'clock tonight editing this effort. Uh, let's go on. Actually, before we go to the Patriots and Steelers, listen to this. All right, Mr. Brady's back and he's bad. He's gonna bring his show to Pittsburgh, and will he remain being the Man of Steel? Uh, Probably. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yes.
3: Who else? No no reason to talk crazy. You can play Bennett. I mean, he's just more consistent than any, any other tight end out there. And we saw that when they decided to, you know, feature the tight ends, they went to him on six straight plays. They made six straight completions. And you don't have two linebackers that can cover both Gronk and Ben. I mean, Pittsburgh has one linebacker, Ryan Chazier, if healthy, that can maybe shut down one of these guys, but they can't shut down both. And then you have to choose play by play which one you're going to shut down. They're lining up Gronk at wide receiver and using Bennett as more of this inline blocker. So Gronk's actually been that sort of wide receiver move tight end rather than Bennett. But I think they're going to intersperse these guys' roles all season long and just use them as matchup nightmares. Play Bennett, play Gronk. Uh, Julian Edelman's you know, workload targets have been concerning. I think if there's a week to play him, though, you play him against these Pittsburgh corners. But, but, but he, if true. he doesn't get it, you got to be very concerned. What
2: I've seen now in our very limited view of Brady, but uh, now we've seen a couple games, I look and I see, you know, Edelman is not someone that is just like number one read option. It's He's looking for the Gronk. He's looking for Martellus. Ben, he's looking for the bigger matchup type guys, and Edelman, I think, will filter in more as, as it goes along, especially as those two become the matchup nightmares that they're proving to be uh, over the last couple weeks. And if that continues, then Edelman's going to sprinkle in there because then these defenses are going to have to do other things, and you can work Edelman in underneath a lot of these routes, and I think that
1: that's going to open stuff up for him. I think what's happening is that Bennett, now that they do have that two-pronged tight-end action, that they... When when they did have Hernandez, Bennett, uh, you know, Hedelman wasn't shit on a stick. Right. Now they've got that, but they've also got Hogan. Yeah. I think it all around they've got the, 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 they got Hogan and Amendola still doing it. Just kind of shows you how something we've already always been preaching how crappy the does and, and how the fact where LaFell was running the routes from last week, Brady's going back like, I don't trust this guy. I'm going to force it into Edelman. And, you know, every one of Edelman's routes over the last two, three years has literally been a button hook or an out pattern. I mean, it's been crazy.
3: Yeah. He, he runs drags, outs, and hooks. And now Bennett's running those drags and those outs. So he's sort of taking over his route patterns. So now... You know, Edelman's a little bit by the wayside. So, if you could still get a return on Edelman, and, you know, in a trade, I'd be willing to make it. He, I mean, I don't know if people are willing to pay up for him now that Brady's back and he's sort of got that, you know, maybe a little bit of stigma still attached to him from that, you know, real hot start last year. I think you could sell him, if possible, for a good return.
1: Brady, you saying? No. No. Edelman, okay. sell, sell,
3: sell Edelman.
1: Uh and another thing I think with Edelman Because of his injury uh, Consistent injury was This is a team that's got Super Bowl on their mind they're, I don't think they're going to put him in harm's way too much no, Let's just keep this guy Let's keep this guy healthy also you him right too, now.
2: They, all these Every one of those guys Always gets dinged up yeah. They just need to keep people healthy right now yeah. That's the most important thing but I also think so, so, so does that mean I'm that, that Garrett Blunt Continues to be Just the bludgeoning hammer that you're going to give him No but he might score a touchdown He's sort of Jeremy Hill plus right now. He's better than Jeremy Hill. I I mean, like, I own both those guys in different leagues, and it's like, when I look at LeGarrette Blount, I'm like, you're starving. I look at Jeremy Hill, I'm like,
4: nah.
3: I (laughs) mean, he's Jeremy Hill plus. The only reason is because we know their team's going to be in the red zone, yeah. and we know he's at least going to get one crack at it. (laughs) Like, we can't guarantee that with Jeremy Hill. True. But uh, other than that, yeah, I think we hit all – you're starting Tom Brady. Tom Brady's probably number one quarterback, you know, in rankings this week. Definitely yeah. potential. Let's flip it over to the other Can side. Had one little oh, check.
1: Belichick uh, talking today. It was uh, hilarious, shitting on the Microsoft surfaces. You know, I'm, yeah. an, I'm an Apple guy. I love my Macs. I love my iPad. I love my Microsoft's like the, this guy. How much are we going to have to pay him to just shut his mouth? Belichick's basically a $400 million service <laughs> You can pay whatever you want. Yeah. You still have the video of him chucking that
2: thing down in so frustrated mode. It's it was great. Today on
1: an interview he said, I'm done, with, I'm done with the tablets. I'm done with the tablets. All I got to say with, with him and the tablet? You
4: are a delight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright, let's go to the other Steelers side. Obviously, we know the Big Ben... Um, had surgery. It was. It was. It wasn't really. It was like kind of like, like removing,
2: like a scope, or like uh, moving, and
1: kind of. I guess they were like edging out some and- of the. So it's not major stuff. We know Ben. They're on by next week, so you're gonna get your. You're gonna get your uh, backup. I'm spacing his name right Landry, now. Landry, Landry Jar- Jones.
2: Uh, Landry Jones. Landry Jones, Jones this Jones. week. Jarvis Jones. Jarvis Landry. Landry Jones
1: this week. Then you got the bye week, and then we know that, in my estimation. Big Ben will be back playing. That's just what happens with this Throw break. some dirt on it, put a brace on it, he'll be out there. Hobbling around, it'll still be awesome. So that would be my expectation. What does this mean for Antonio Brown? Bad news.
3: I mean, in the one game that Landry Jones played, start to finish, Antonio Brown had have over 100 yards in the touchdown. I don't think it matters. <laughs> Like I think you temper your expectations and realize that he could have a bad game, but I, I don't know what what are your other options? You can't sell them for ninety cents on the dollar. That's bad business. Uh, you just play them and you but temper your expectations. Well,
2: no, I mean you're playing them. But number one, it's against the Patriots. Patriots take away what you do best. They are look now. You're gonna say with with, with Landon Jones is that Le'Veon on or yes. is that or is that uh, Antonio Brown? I will tell you this, they, I think they can do both because of the fact that I don't think Landry Jones scares them at all, that I think that they can double scheme to say we're going to take these two guys out of the offense, you're going to have to make Sammy coach, you're going to have
3: to make somebody else beat us, it ain't going to be these two guys. It also depends on the health of Sammy coach. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, it's true. he's yeah. active, but doesn't play a snap, you know, sort of the same case we saw with a Will Fuller, uh, who we'll get to a little bit later, but... No, doesn't play a snap. So, but doesn't
2: that play more into the whole reason that they can just easily? I mean, you really, I think you really need to temper expectations more so as a Antonio Brown owner than as a Le'Veon Bell owner because it's easier for a running back to be able to get the ball into his hands. The receiver, as Michael Irvin always says, he needs everything else to be able to go right for him in order for him to be able to produce. And you need the quarterback to be throwing him the ball in the right spots. He may target him a lot, but target him poorly, or target him and put him in bad situations where he's exposed to hits. That was one thing I do remember from that game. He may have put up 100 yards, but he was getting the hit like he was never getting hit when he was getting the ball thrown uh, from Ben Roethlisberger. So that's my only concern. I mean, of course you're starting him. I just say he becomes like about half Antonio, and especially against Bill Belichick.
1: I, I can't disagree. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, this, the Steelers need They they need Big Ben to come back. Uh, anything else we got on um, So the
2: only thing that I'll say is if you're an Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown owner, find that guy that for your wide receiver three or your flex position, that's your boom bust, that, that has the best potential matchup. You know, through all these games that we've talked about, don't be picking someone from you know one of the crap games that we talked about, but maybe if you have somebody in that – Jaguars, Raiders game. You might want to play someone there. Someone that has a potential with bad defense to be able to help you out where Antonio
1: gets offset. kind of brought back down earth. Uh, offset. You don't, yeah. want, you don't want to go to a middling guy. You want to go to a guy that could... could go. The guy that can give you the, the 25 points, not the guy that at the high end is going to give you the 7 points. I like that advice. Alright, let's move on to the uh, Sunday Night Football in America. That's the Seahawks at the Cardinals. Uh, let's start with the Seahawks. Uh, the only news I know today is, you know, Carol saying that Rawls is uh, is, is far away from being out. Christine Michael is is playing overly uh, more than serviceable. He's a legit legit play for the uh, on the season. Uh, let me see what how he's doing numbers wise, but I believe he's... top twelve. Yeah, he's, he's eleven. Uh, good times right there in the seventies with a lot of a lot of these same guys. So he's averaging fourteen
3: points a week though because they had that bye week. So. He's good point. He's a legit he's bottom end RB one. He's got a tough matchup against Arizona. We saw how they were able to stifle, you know, Matt Forte, and you know, after they've been able to get it going a little bit here in the last couple weeks, they haven't been as dominant as last season. But we'll see if they can get back to that level. But playing against Russell Wilson, you know, if Russell Wilson's healthy, usually what he does against Arizona is he runs a lot. Uh, but all these other plays. I think they're all interesting plays. You just need to temper your expectations. So, Doug Baldwin should see Tyron Maffeo in the slot, which is a tough matchup for him. But, you know, Tyron hasn't been – the honey badger hasn't been as great recovering from that you yep. know, ACL injury. He's struggled with some speed receivers You know, over the last couple of weeks, especially last night um, on a couple plays. Interesting plays. Christian Michael, definitely interesting. Russell Wilson – Jimmy Graham's, I think, the best play yep. if you're looking for a pass catcher. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you know, Tyler Lockett, ha- you know, played more snaps last week, but just hasn't shown to be dynamic, you know, yet this season. God, he's the one that
2: frustrates me the most. Like the, a, a guy who I really thought was ready to take an, uh, that next step. Be, take that real uh, ascension in, in his ability, go from the more special teamer, return type guy into an everyday slot receiver or get, you know, all over the field move uh, move receiver and it's just not, been, it's just not happened, you know. Um, I don't think it's going to. I don't think it's going to either. I think this is one of those ones where you can kind of see he doesn't have that fearlessness to be able to run across the middle of the field and be able to take, expose himself to that. He doesn't have the ability to be able to run down the sideline and be able to shield off a defender and make
1: himself the best option for the pass. Um, his, he made all his, his, his great plays when the play broke down and Russell was doing his Houdini act and then all of a sudden coverage broke down and he went flying and he caught a pass. And We're now finding out we thought that he was going to be the real deal, the 1st locket to come out of Kansas State and actually become some sort of maybe perennial Pro Bowler, and it's 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 just it's just not happening. He's going to be more of a gadget guy throughout. He's just not a pure receiver. The thing that scares me when I'm thinking about it, and I think we can go to the other side of the game. Is Russell Wilson? He does have the bye week behind him, so he's got one last game. But Russell Wilson right now is the 24 ranked quarterback. You want to know how? We, I want to ask you a question, a quick. Quick little uh, little trivia for you, Houdini. Yeah. How many yards do you think in five games does Russell Wilson have rushing?
2: Oh, it, you know it, the injuries have killed him. I want to say it's less than a hundred
1: yards. Thirty-six. Thirty-five. 35- Rushing yards.
2: Well, I'm, I'm being conservative. It's easily less than 100. Well, 35. Why would you think that he would have less? I, well, because I would have thought that like, I, I, I wasn't. Well, no, all I'm saying, you're right. Right. Like, why would you ever think? Holy that he would cow! 35. Like you're talking like maybe maybe uh,
1: Brian Hoyer has more rushing yards than him. That they. <laughs> well, let's look, and he's, he's he's run the ball 21 times. Good so, God. yeah. So it's not like he's he's one of the top. He's like eighth in rushing attempts, but. 35. He is. Oh my god. He's my ultra. Is 21st for quarterbacks in rushing yards. Man, he's been ultra
2: just a because he, It was like when we were looking at like those top quarterbacks in our tiers
1: of preseason. It was Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson. I kept moving them up. You guys <laughs> had them so high. I didn't find Russell.
3: But, I mean, the way so he went. Got it. Got it. Yeah, tell him. Uh, Weeks 1 through 8 last season, Russell Wilson was quarterback 23. Yeah. Weeks 9 through 17, he was quarterback 2. I know, but the problem is, is that you see no transition from the end
2: of last season to what he's doing this year. He's a lot you more banged see up. didn't last season either. I know, it, but, but it he's happened. a lot
1: more banged up in the first half of this year than he was yeah, in the first has, half yeah. of last year. I, I think that's more of a reason why he has been so crap this year is because of the bang up. Hopefully he can turn it around, but it's it's, it's not looking great buy for Buy low. You like the buy low? Well, why wouldn't you want to buy low on him right now?
2: Because anyone that owned him is hating him right now. You're... You, you can throw every stat at the person that owns him and and be like, you can't demand that. Look at this, look at this, look at this. Oh, he's got the ankle injury. Oh, both legs are hurt. Oh, you know, I mean, you could talk a guy down to, to give you a fair bargain on him.
1: I would buy him up. And, you, and basically people, the way they drafted him, he starts every week and they've got and the, he's he's got him. two players in their bench. That I'll bet you those teams
2: him. are two and four or, yeah. or, you know, somewhere in that range. Not
1: doing well. Let's no. move over to the, uh, the Cardinals. And, uh, you know, we watched them play last night. Finally got the offense going. Let's DJ, be honest. DJ, DJ, yeah. DJ.
4: Okay,
1: Woo. he's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty uh, good. So, obviously, you're starting him. He's a beast. It's looking like You he's worry about the Seattle
2: matchup, but you know what? David Johnson becomes one of these guys at this point in time that is matchup proof. Because yeah. of the fact that he can do it so many different ways, they will find a way to get him the ball and he will make something happen. No, you know, not. it may be, again, a temporary expectations a little bit because it's against the Seattle defense, but I, I still expect 100 yards or more from scrimmage. Sure. Sure. That's his yeah. score. Yeah, and he should get a touchdown.
1: <laughs> he's, gonna get, he's gonna get you 15 to 20 points. Doesn't matter who, what defense you play. Wish I had the opportunity. Wish that it wasn't Adrian Peterson that fell to me at six. But
2: in my league, where I got Adrian Peterson at six, it was DJ went one.
1: Yeah, well, he went one in a lot of leagues, and that was a good pick when that happened. Um, let's talk about uh, Carson Palmer back from the concussion. Looked like he was trying to extend and throw the ball deep, and really trying to trying to offset. The, the run game and the Larry uh, Fitzgerald underneath pass by trying to push it with J.J. a little bit deeper. So uh, that's a good sign because they hadn't really been doing much of that this season. But has he really shown you anything that makes you feel no. like... To me, it looks like, man,
2: I, I, you should have backed it at the end of last year. You know, for all the owners that... Uh, I'm a dynasty owner that, that kept him in a league. Uh, luckily, I also kept Derek Carr, so I've been... Mean, Basically kind of just playing matchups with each of them. But
3: Play Derek Carr this weekend. I'm definitely going to be I'm
2: pretty <laughs> much playing Derek Carr. I'm trying to trade Carson Palmer. I just need Carson to have a big 340-yard, three-touchdown game um, to get more people interested in him. And that's the problem right now. is that It just doesn't look fluid. You know, when you watch that game, it's, it's all David Johnson. And, man, it's just Carson, he's just frustrating right now. Can I put him in the boat with... um? Uh, who's, who's my other frustrating guy? I got a lot of frustrating guys.
3: Tyler Lockett. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, Carson Palmer, a great matchup last week. Everybody tried to talk me into it. Wasn't buying it. Now he's got a hamstring injury going up against Seattle. Not buying him this week. Yeah, but eventually Carson Palmer's going to have some good games. And they just haven't been connecting on these deep shots like they did last season. So the two best teams in deep passing last season were the Jacksonville Jaguars and Arizona Cardinals. Both are now struggling to find that consistency and both quarterbacks numbers are sort of struggling. Uh, Michael Floyd was effectively benched in that game for a while on Monday night, but then Jared Brown left with a late knee injury. So we'll see if that gets Floyd back on the field. You know, especially after that maybe touchdown catch that I don't think. Was yeah, it didn't so, so, yeah. Hey, it helped us win the Scott Fish Bowl last so week. Good. So oh, I'm oh. Not, not complaining. <laughs> not complete. <complaining. laughs> but uh, quickly, yeah. what's our record in that one? Five and one.
1: Nice. We're five and one in the Blog Talk Radio. We came, out, we came out aces We're playing against the Team Williams Who's 6-0 and oh. She's in the other division So it's, it's the two best teams playing each other um, So we
3: come
1: The only thing that sucks is we got Elliot on a bye and I think one of our other Beasts is on a bye as well so We've got that. Tevin
3: Coleman against, uh, yeah, that's against gonna San Diego tra- <laughs> I'm
1: going to make a couple good pickups here. We'll talk about that
3: a little bit uh, So going you know, The rest of this game you know, Michael Floyd, I'm not ready to start him as an outside receiver going against Richard Sherman. You know, Larry Fitzgerald, you know, over the middle, you know, he's gonna have a pretty decent game, At i temper expectations maybe it's more of a five for fifty performance or a six for seventy rather than one of his blow up games that he's had early in the year. Uh, John Brown and temper my expectations and try to play somebody else this week. Doesn't yeah. a great John Brown Very game. Guy. Tight ends. I'm not talking about
1: the Cardinals tight ends. Let's move on. No, got it. All right, we don't. We won't even do a, a, a sponsor ad before this Sunday. I'll just do a quick. I'll do a quick um, uh, Pyro promo. Pyro Pro, check it out. Second opinions. Uh, you can answer us any. Ask us any question. We'll answer it. You can follow up to a hundred players uh, in your dashboard, and you can um, get all the player rankings all the way through. When you're not a paying member, we're only showing you the first five. Hook it up. If you're deep in your league and you you need that extra edge to win your, uh, to make the right decisions each week, Pyro Pro is where you're at, where it's at. If you sign up for a year, you get it for the full calendar year, meaning if you sign up tomorrow, October 19th, you're going to have it until October 19th of 2017. It's a no-brainer. It's a great, great component. News feeds are in your timeline, and you just get access to everything in the Mindshare people that are signing
0: up for it or loving it,
1: you should be doing it yourself.
0: There's people out there that would like you to believe the economy isn't doing so well. Well, to that, I answer, hey, for the two million jobs we've lost, that means there's two million unemployed people sitting at home watching repeats of quality televisions, such as the Jeffersons or Facts of Life, and that just equals more ad revenue to radio and TV stations. Cut. What do you mean, Cut. Well then, you could you could do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Monday
1: night football: Texans at the Broncos. Osweiler meeting his old team.
3: Kubiak going up against his old team. Is Kubiak back out of the hospital? Or yeah, is he he's dead? been back since Monday. All
1: right.
3: Uh, the scary thing is, though, they're trying real hard to sell this game to us. Yeah. Talking about Brock going back with uh, Third Eye Blind songs in commercials, so you obviously know it's going to be a shift game ahead of time, mm-hmm. so get, 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 keep that in mind. I mean, I, I, defense, defense versus defense, and not very good offenses right now, and I don't really want to watch this. Yeah. So, we did see the Lamar Miller breakout performance, though. I told
2: you. I know you did, (laughs) and you said, "Wait until he plays against the the uh, the
1: AFC South," and there it was. So this one though cost me the week that Mofo finally has a breakout. Go ahead. But is he going to cost
2: you this week by not putting up any points in Denver on the road against that defense? Is is this going to be one of those ones where you're going to get sixty yards
3: on on twenty two carries from him? Have you seen what opposing running backs have done to Denver this season? Yeah,
1: they're not—they're not—they're not, they're not, they're not
3: good against like running backs right now.
1: They're just a wide receiver.
3: They're, they shut down opposing run games. They're a funnel defense. You can have your way with them on the ground. You know, the Texans finally got their left tackle back, in Dwayne Brown—he uh, was able to open up some holes and just—he's he, an all-pro out there. So having him back is a big boost to this run game. I, I am not. They're
1: twenty-first against the running back, offering up nineteen point four. Then they're first against wide receivers. So I'd be much more worried about um, Hopkins and, and the like. Yeah. So <laughs> now, but
2: but is this part and also parcel to the fact that the Broncos' offense has just been ineffective and no. able to, to do anything? So teams are starting to just run the ball at them toward the end of the games.
3: No, it has everything to do with their offseason losses free agency. And Trevathan taking- and, and
2: Jackson up
3: in the front. Yeah, we yeah. talked yeah. about it all season. You yeah. can run against these guys up the middle. They are not as strong as they were last year. And we've seen it come to fruition. So I, I'm not afraid if I'm Omar Miller. And even if you're a little bit afraid, you know he's going to get 20 touches. You're not worried about Tyler Irvin or Alfred Blue. So this week, I'm worried about Will Fuller, who I don't know if he's going to be back. You know, after they pull that crap on Monday night where he's a reserve... What well, gets zero snaps or Sunday night, excuse me, where he gets zero snaps, and I don't really want Hopkins in my starting lineup if I can afford to sit him.
1: Yeah, but the thought of that I Hopkins, mean, like the fourth or fifth, maybe sixth overall I, pick, being almost sitable at this point, you can't sit pretty with with people that drafted him in that first round, which he was a he dra- not, first rounder in every draft. Does he draft.
2: become with what's left on the schedule as a? go after by a low guy because look, I mean, I know that we, we all know that that Brock Osweiler has just not been what anyone hoped or thought it would be uh, and Nuke has taken a major step back, was doing so much better, but again I got we say like with a guy like Brian Hoyer or whatever, but look, here's Hoyer comes in and he just, that's what he does, he throws the ball around, so uh, is, is Osweiler really just more of that game manager type guy and that really is just putting a, a, a major
1: collar on the potential of a nuke right now. They're the second worst scoring, I, yeah, uh, quarterback position in the league. Well, let's that's just
3: let's just say twelve
1: point six. Oh. You know those,
3: that's How do you spread on,
1: any points around? That's lower than the that's lower than the ninth scoring running back position. Jesus. So the QB, a heavy scoring position. It's problematic. But he actually had a comeback victory and had yeah. his best game. Yeah. At least at least there's a there's some sort of momentum there that wasn't there up until this point.
3: Osweiler is just not very good and has a tr- awful matchup. So don't think about Brock Osweiler. Don't think about his passing game except for maybe The tight ends and you know Ryan Griffin's still been getting targets. But but no, my question though is, do you
2: buy into Nuke as a buy low right now? And do you see though the potential for him with this Brock, who is what he is, to be able to to make Nuke be anything worthwhile? It depends on the
3: price you're paying. Like if you're going to be able to trade. You know Julian Edelman for DeAndre Hopkins, or pick two hot commodities over the last couple weeks and see if you can do that. Cam Cam Meredith, right? And um, yeah, what? Just if you can make a a good trade to pull for somebody for DeAndre Hopkins, do it. But I am not actively seeking to give up valuable players for DeAndre Hopkins
1: fair yeah, enough i agree and we we love we love a hop here but it's just just not working right now we'll see hopefully the second half of the season things can change around let's flip over to the other side of the ball and talk about the broncos news this week is you got kubiak saying he wants to get devonta booker some more touches oh me say there that they wants who let the dogs out who let those
4: dogs out who let those little mutts out
1: So that's interesting because of one main thing. It obviously is going to eat into the C.J. Anderson role. It's going to eat into the C.J. Anderson role. And it, it finally, after sitting on this guy, and I, we, I know I was preaching for him that he was going to get his opportunity. Now we might be able to showcase and see Booker get some action.
2: Look, Booker has been much more effective over the last three weeks. You can go back more uh, yards per attempt he has been more effective. What was it last week, seven for 46? And you got C.J. Anderson, 12 for 37? There is, Anderson is just not taken to it. They've given him almost now two full years of can you be the guy? And it just doesn't happen. And when it does happen, okay, so what happened? He had to wait until the second half of two years ago in order to finally bring it on. Then he had to wait until the postseason of last year to finally bring it on. Didn't do anything for these owners during their fantasy seasons. Still hasn't done anything for their fantasy owners since week one when he had that little bit of a breakout
3: performance. Booker will have this job within three weeks. Disagree. Here's why. They basically came out, the second part of that quote is, oh, we want to give Booker more work, but it will not eat into C.J. Anderson. We're still going to give C.J. Anderson the same amount of work. Uh, so that's a little bit, you know, t- slow the roll on Devontae. But C.J.'s been not good. And this is why I'm Their saying offensive line has been not good, and the plays they've been getting Booker off have been one play where he comes in fresh off the bench, And behind the offensive line that's been struggling, they run a draw and he gains like 23 yards. And then other plays, like when they are sold out and ready to play Devontae Booker, he's averaging like 1.8 yards per carry.
2: Which is about the same thing that that C.J. Anderson is offering in those situations as well. My point being is this. Look... The fact is, if you look at the workload that Devontae Booker has got from the beginning of the year till now, it's continued to increase. The amount of them using him in passing situations now has started to increase. So while they're still going to give, they're they're just saying, we're not going to give the job to Devontae Booker. They're trying to keep C.J. Anderson happy. I'll, I'll listen to that second half of the quote. The fact of the matter is, you want to know what you want to know what the difference is in the amount of touches per week that they're getting right now? It's within four to five touches a week. So where C.J. Anderson was getting about 18 to 17 more touches a week from him in the first two weeks, that's gone. So it's now, we're saying it's a committee, but it's Booker. He just said it's his job in three weeks. It it will be his job at three because Anderson's not doing enough to produce it. They're saying what they can right now to keep it together, to keep Anderson bought into what he's doing. But Anderson continues to give you your your 12 carries for 42 yards or 37 yards or whatever he's giving you. It ain't going to happen much longer.
3: What they're really saying is we need to get the run game going. We need to, in general, we need to get the run game going because having Trevor Simeon throw the ball 50 times a game is Uh not how we're going to win football games. What they're saying is we need to get the running backs going. We need to get this running game going. This offensive line has to play like they did in Week 1. And why do they need that, though? Or else we're not going to be a good football team. We're not
2: going to get wins. But that's the whole point. They need them to run the ball because their defense is getting beat up. The defense that was a Super Bowl-caliber defense cannot do it on its own. They need them to... Control the ball, keep the ball, let them rest, come back fresh. Especially with the losses that you already mentioned, that they've already had on that defense. From from last I like
1: I like the energy that C J. always brings in uh, out of out of our show. Let's see how this plays out. I don't know what, who's right here. And maybe there, it's going to be this committee where they're both getting a ton, and it's going to help out that offense. Maybe it's a it's a trans it's a change of guard because uh, C J. hasn't been able to perform and Booker. Can take that torch. We'll see what happens. Right now, um, let's move over to the wide receiver action, where you've got uh, Demarius is is, is 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 looking like garbage, and you've got, in all honesty, I think snap counts isn't Emmanuel Sanders the number one. Well, I think ODB is is the number one snap count guy at wide receiver, but I'm pretty sure Emmanuel Sanders is like.
3: He's playing more than Demarius Thomas. He's playing every he's, snap. Demarius is. He's like eighty-seven. Demarius Thomas is like seventy-seven. I mean, that that's
1: problematic when you're looking at that whole situation. It just doesn't seem like that's right. So, what do you what do you think in this game, and maybe a little bit moving forward, a little foreshadowing um, can happen? Is is this is this the Demarius that that we're going to get for the rest of the season? Is Emmanuel going to keep rocking? What, what do you expect? Um, I don't care who, go, who goes first, but what do you, does anyone have any thoughts on where this wide receiver game is going to go?
2: I don't think it's going to go very far as long as Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch and any of these other guys are throwing the fucking ball. So you can make, you can make as many arguments as you want for who's out there for 10% less plays of one or the other. It doesn't fucking matter. The problem is that you're not running at a very efficient offense. You're not being able to use the weapons that you have in order to spread the field and create the disadvantages and to have a quarterback that's able to put the ball where it needs to go. So until that happens, it's 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 a flippin' crapshoot. It's a struggle. It's a it's a conundrum that it just sucks. You're an owner of them. You can't count on anything on a weekly basis with with. That crap that they're
1: throwing out there. I agree. We've got Demarius in, in, in our blog talk radio team. He scored us, I think, two points this week, maybe one. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think there? So,
3: maybe, uh, Emmanuel Sanders got hurt late in that game. So their snap count uh, percentage just sort of tightened up. Uh, you know, Demarius Thomas over 80% of plays now, Demar, uh, Emmanuel Sanders 83%. We'll see how this moves going forward. But they still funnel the ball through these two wide receivers. And the only time we saw other people getting involved is sort of when Emmanuel Sanders left the game and then they're forced to throw it to Jordan Norwood and then Jordan Taylor, who fumbles. And all these complimentary pieces just aren't getting it done. Virgil Green, uh, you know, he's a good blocker, not going to be a dynamic, dynamic threat, you know, as a tight end, even though he's a dynamic athlete. Uh, Demaris Thomas can get it done on the short screens, but then there's just these plays where they ask him to go over the middle, and he's like, "Alligator uh, arms, I'm good." Uh, so that that's not inspiring confidence from Trevor Simeon um, to throw him the ball. So I think it's going to be hit or miss with each of these guys every week. Uh, but yeah, I think they're both sort of wide receiver, thre- wide receiver threes rest the season, mix and match. This isn't the greatest matchup for them on paper. But the Texans have just had a ton of their quarter, quarterbacks cornerbacks go down with injuries. Kevin Johnson with a broken foot. Uh, they had Jonathan Joseph sort of go down with another injury. You know, all their guys are sort of just a little bit banged up on that defensive backfield. So maybe it could be a little bit better for them at home. When they did. And the one
2: thing that I'll say is, after Denver's had the problems that they've had the past couple of weeks, this could be one of those ones to just say, you know what? Let's just air it out and see what happens, and, and let these guys go. Because if you're not getting it done with the running game, especially if you're if you're you're, you're getting
1: are the, you saying Paxton Lynch is, is is about to go back in? Or no, no, mean?
2: I'm saying even if it's Trevor Simeon. Remember the, the game that Simeon had when he threw what was it, Week Three or whatever, for the 400 yards, and you got uh, you finally got everybody going. This could just be one of those games where again, you know, let's just go into the game and say. We're going to try to establish a run. If it doesn't work, we are just going to go heavy on the pass and we're just going to let them, let our receivers do what they can do because the Texans are not. As strong up front. And again, without J.J. Watt there, yes, it, it, you still got you Whitley know. Burwell. I know, it. I see Merciless, I see Clowney actually been making plays lately. It's been scary. Clowney's been murdered. I know, it's, it's been it's been interesting. But I, I'll take the chances because you have Simeon, who does have legs, to be able to get away from a little bit of a rush and maybe create a little bit of extra in a play to let a, a, a Sanders or a Thomas get further down the field and make something happen.
1: Well, the last thing I'll say on this team, when you look at now they've lost their last two games to the Broncos, they really, with the way the Panthers have sucked, really the only team that they beat that was any good is the Bengals. Mm -hmm. Um, So... We, they might have just been the beneficiaries of a, of a kind of a light schedule, and that's tough to say when you're playing the Panthers, who were in the—I uh, think—only lost one game and were in the Super Bowl last year. But right now, just looking at who they've gone through, and they just lost to the Chargers, who found a way to lose to every team they played over the last four Chargers, weeks.
2: That's ridiculous. Chargers, Chargers are good football team. I know but they're but good, no, but you're right—they have found like every which way but loose. There you go.
1: Every which way but to lose.
2: Yeah.
1: No. but <laughs> And
2: to lose, lose. <laughs> no, truck. Uh, no. uh, Denver it's amazing to me that a team with a defense is as solid as that and even with the losses of, on, the, on, on the, the linebacking core and on the, on the defensive line that they had that secondary as good as that is and the linebacking core still as good as it was Vaughn Miller there jeez uh, it's just amazing to see when you have
3: Minnesota in the NFC doing what they're doing I mean, you can't hold a team to 13 points every week. True. When you're only allowing, you know, 17 to 20 points a week and losing, that's on your offense. It is. I mean, your your offense has to score league average points for an amazing defense to win a lot lot more than they lose. Are you saying that
2: these, I now know what this reminds me of. This reminds me of the Chicago Bears, like 2007 through 2009. Great defense, no
1: offense. We give up. 18 points and we lose. They're gonna give. They're gonna give Paxton Lynch a shot at this thing. Oh, well, I actually, think we're done. It it I think we're late. done here. I think we did a great show here. That we went through and talked about all the relevant players through all the games. Uh, it's week seven. You know, if your team's struggling, does not mean you're down and out. Keep chugging. Keep. Well, like like Larry Brown used to say, the coach for the Sixers. Used to watch every one of Iverson's games. And whenever they were, they were down, even if they were down by 25 points, all he would do after he called the timeout or when he was hardly, was like, let's get five points. Next time we see each other, I want us to cut this thing by five points, 10 points. Let's chip away at this thing. And that's what you can be doing in fantasy football. Keep chipping away. Each victory, it's unbelievable the way people start giving up and thinking their team sucks after they lose one or two games. I'm telling you, it's still a lot of game going on. You got five or six weeks left to change your um, the future of your. Uh, of what you can do in this season and those teams that right now are riding high can get hit with an injury and start going on the same losing streak that you've had in. Chip one in at a time. Play that game. I'll give a quick pyro promo and then uh, we'll, we'll close this thing out. Sorry we didn't have a pyro light on Friday. Mo uh, recorded with Louie Mac and had some uh, some recording issues. We're trying to fix that stuff so it doesn't happen anymore but that won't happen again. Um, Mo would have re-recorded, but he actually had tickets to see his favorite team, the Notre Dame um, uh, Fighting Illini that Saturday, so he was out.
2: (laughs) Notre Dame Fighting Illini? Uh, Sorry.
1: (laughs) Notre Notre Dame uh, Fighting Irish, sorry. I'm sitting here looking at a a player that used to play for the Illini, my bad. And I've been listening to you talk for the last 20 minutes, and you frustrated me. Um, Alright, so here I'm going to give a little pyro promo. We got some amazing content going here. Uh, Houdini's pickups each week, earliest out in the industry. Stag Party, we just released today. The Pyro Power Rankings uh, through six weeks. Pretty amazing. Recording this Pyro Podcast. This is going to be our shortest one in, in months. Uh, coming in, in just over two and a half hours. Usually they're about three hours. Uh, then we do Top Positional Weeks. I will be posting that tonight as well. Actually, it will be out by the time you've heard this. Awesome new Pyrolytics piece about market share for running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. Gives you a sense of how many opportunities each of these players on your team are getting which could help you for trading, for starting guys, for lineups, for DFS. Very very telling and kind of has a heat map aspect to it. You got Louie Mack crushing it with the weekly matchups um, for each week and uh, awesome charts supplied by Pyrolytics. Showing you how matchups and defenses play against certain positions, whether it's a wide receiver one or a running back two. Uh, Targets, touches, and looks each week. Who's getting the ball? Pretty amazing. That's a piece we've been doing longer than anyone. When I watch the NFL Network now, they're always talking about snap counts and targets and touches and looks. I tell you, without any doubt in my mind, no one in the industry was talking about these targets, touches, and looks before Pyromaniac was. Then we got Kenny K. Mills rocking out the uh, FF Injury Report each week. That comes out on Saturday. Gives you the most up-to-date on both defense and offensive guys that are banged up. And then on Fridays, um, we release the Daily Do's and Don'ts, which is our DFS piece. Basically, we give you a pillar guy that we think you can... Is a more high-money guy that you can rock with, a mid-price dude, give you a low-cost start throw, a guy that's going to be as low as you can get that might be able to rock out. I think we found a lot of success in all with, of those. With Rogers, I had on that
2: one a couple weeks,
1: ago, or we, weeks even, ago. Yeah, we've all found some great success and made some people some money. We've got The Fade is uh, someone that's either a high or a higher kind of guy that you should stay away from, and an awesome new thing that we've been doing the last few weeks which is the stacking? Where if you want to stack a bunch, a few guys, two guys, or in Mo's case last week, three guys in the same team in a game like you've been talking about Houdini, that's going to be lighting up fantasy points. You can do that in DFS. Anyway, we love you. That email. Uh, check out our email and subscribe to that email. It's the Pyro e-check that we're sending out. Uh, We're going to be doing that on a weekly basis moving forward. kind of recaps the week. Uh, Some nights it will come out on Friday night. Others it will come out on Saturday. But just trying to give you the goo. Trying to get drop the knowledge. Who do you need? Love you, my brother. Uh, Stag party. Good stuff as always. Um, I'm D-Rex. Hugs and kisses. Let's all win week seven together. We're closing it out with Galactic. Dion Sanders and Dureg.
0: right now you've all heard what liberal scientists are trying to say it seems that uh, that liberals and and godless tax raisers are, are trying to make me look bad by using such things as facts and scientific data cut what mr president you can't say they're using facts right because facts are real they're not disputed how do you know that